0: Welcome to day two of the I Am Talk 2016 Kona Super Specials with Coach John Newsom and Bevan james Right, team. Welcome on to day two of the Iron Talker Super
1: Specials Edition 2016. It's going to be a good. It's been a good day. We're only halfway this there. This is
0: part two, guys. I didn't push the record the first time, and we were so we're always better the first time, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. But hey. It's going to be a big big show. Big show, John, because yesterday we, we kind of got the show out because I kind of wanted to get to bed. So it was a little bit short. It was at our 10, which is a pretty normal show,
1: but today mm. might be a long one. It could be. could it? be a long show. So we're only halfway into our day, but we're going to put out some of the content that we've done uh yesterday and the first half of today which is Wednesday in race week Now before we talk about John, who are who is supporting this? Endurance Sport Travel is our big sponsor for our Kona coverage so Go. check them out at EnduranceSportsTravel.com They'll be going out to, they're in Hawaii, they go to Florida, Arizona, Cozumel, the great 70.3, and I always pronounce it wrong, it's either Pousson or Pucon, and, um down there in Chile. <laughs> uh, they come out to New Zealand, they go to Brazil, Austria, Germany, and they've got a bunch of other races. If you ever want to get into one of those sold-out races, check them out. Um, Germany's an iconic race, go check it out.
0: And I was speaking to a lady called Jo from Philadelphia this morning, John, and mm-hmm. she was actually using endurance sports drivel, and she said, over the moon with the experience.
1: Takes the hassle. out yeah, of Yeah, it's actually
0: quite interesting when you speak to a lot of athletes. They do use these tourage packages when they come to the big races. Mm. And again, as Joe was saying from Philadelphia, that um, you know, it's, it's pretty great. Joe so from Philadelphia. Good luck yeah. for Joe this weekend as
1: well. And King Glower, I, th- I will have to catch up with him later in the week. But he's, uh, I think he's racing again. Oh, it's unlike so him. God knows how many, how many. I think he's got to set the record if he doesn't already have. He it. Must be close to thirty.
0: Mm. Must be because he yeah. hasn't
1: done every year, has he? I think
0: he has. I think there's one year where he didn't do it. I could be wrong. We'll find out. Um so thanks just very traditional
1: sponsors. Athlinks dot com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. You're a like buffer. And if you come down to the wetsuit aquathon tomorrow, which is Thursday and race week, even if you're not doing it, we've still got a few samples of extreme endurance left, so come on down and say good day. And we have our I am talk swim cap. So appreciate that a lot of the athletes racing might not be doing the wetsuit Aquathon. We've got our color coded Swim caps and they were going out the door today. So, just a quick rundown on the swim caps. If you're a sub nine for guys, sub ten for girls, you get a, a Kona Killer gold cap. I don't have Devin gold. did not receive no. the gold cap. We've no. only issued. I cried. Did we issue any? To you? Yeah. Arnold Silicov is over here. Rob? Rob.
0: No, I thought, no, no, not Rob silver. Me
1: more. He was silver. We had a couple of silvers. So yeah, a silver, silver cap club. is sub ten for the guys, sub eleven for the for the girls. That's an Ali'i animal. Sub twelve for guys. No, sub eleven for guys. Sub twelve for girls is a Polynesian predator. That's we were going to do a bronze cap, but that's kind of that's more of a purple color cap. Yep. Then a, a Kuakini crusher is sub twelve slash thirteen, and that's a red cap. Harvey Hammer. Is blue cap, which is sub 13 slash 14, and then the 13 hour plus, or 14 hour plus for the girls is a kailua Cruiser.
0: There we go. So come along tomorrow morning, and you'll get yourself a cap. Just one last thing, guys. um Big thanks to all the patrons. Big, pa- you know, you know who you are. Uh, patrons make a big difference to the show, and these shows that happen when we're in Kona are only because the patrons are a big part of the show. So. Uh, we're also doing a new website right now, so you know yes. the patronage money really does go to helping us get better content for you guys. So if you are a patron, thank you very much, and if you are thinking about doing it, well maybe now's the time. So and go to www.iamtalk.me. And you could go in, the, well, you go in the draw to be back with us here in two years' time. In good times. So John, today, um, it's, I started off, I got up nice and early and I ran down to the pier and then I mm. went for a bit of a swim and mm. I went out to the coffee boat and jumped on the coffee boat and got a few interviews
1: there. What were you doing in the morning? I was uh, taking the camp athletes, so I rode out to Scenic Lookout. So so they set off at sort of about 6.45 and they were going to ride the Ironman course so we're going to interview them later on today and it'd be really good to get their perspective of the the ride they had a very windy time up there up towards Harvey last time we went out there uh, last week uh, but these guys are, are more your middle of the packers not Kona athletes they're sort of between 12 and 15 hours most of them yep. uh, and they'll be able to sort of share with you guys what the experience is for for sort of the non-Kona Kind of sort of level athletes so we'll get uh, some reports from them later on in the next couple of days
0: yeah and um then so john took off those guys then we got back in we've been doing interviews um i got some interviews i have to say the blue 70 like i know it's uh, coffees of hawaii started the boat and it's mm. just a genius idea because mm. it's so cool when you head out to that boat
1: Otherwise, you're just going out in the big blue and it's kind of, I'm going to swim. Where should I swim to? No, I'll just swim to the boat.
0: Yeah, and, and it's just quite a social atmosphere. I've got a few interviews on the boat. We'll chuck them in through today's show. John and I, in the afternoon, went to the Blue 70 tent and uh, we just hung out there for a couple of hours
1: and got a few interviews with a few of the listeners. And then we've got a few pros on as well today. We have. So, first up, we'll have uh, Lionel Sanders. So, a great interview with him. If you haven't heard his story, we didn't go into too much detail around his. Sort of history, um, so. But listen, it gives you a good, uh, a good intro into Lionel Sanders, and uh, if you like your numbers. He pumps out some pretty impressive numbers. He really does. Eh? And you can tell he's a numbers guy. You know, yeah. like he's, he can obviously loves to geek out on the mm. numbers. And then we move on. Uh, and then, as Bevan said, we're going to spread some age group stories through the through today's show. Then we've got Sarah Piampiano, um, which Bevan loves that surname. That's a good get- sense. Pump piano, isn't it? Yeah. Because it literally was piano. Yeah. Yeah. And we did that interview on right next to the waterfront at the place she's staying, which was really wicked. And then uh, following on from yesterday, we interviewed a couple more people from the... Uh, ethics or BMC ethics team powered by Uplace and we've got Will Clark and then Bob who's general manager sort of explaining the whole ethos behind the team. And one
0: of them we did actually get when we were at the IM Talk to our, um, tent was Matty Reed. Mm. So we'll chuck him on today as well. Matty Reed was, he's, I love Matty Reed because he's quite open isn't he? Mm. You know he's just a, pretty, a bit of an open book which I really liked. So um, really good show coming up for you guys. So like you say we're just going to put them all back to back and I'll probably do a bit of an age group and then, an, and then a pro. Um, so here we go. I okay, go, Tim. I'm on the boat here. I'm on with uh, a bit of an I.M. talk on the boat. Legend guy from Blue Seventy. How you got
2: mate? Well, oh, thanks. That was uh, that was some props. Uh, I appreciate it. Are, are you still doing the dive to the bottom of the water thing this year? You know what? After a German dude came up with a little bit of a blood nose, I decided to put a... <laughs> <laughs> I decided to put a kibosh on that. <laughs> you must have missed last year because I was like, you know, you know, safety standards. <laughs> Even I'm stepping up with them h and is, uh, yeah, you know, changing up So you, so what, what's your role this week? Uh, Blue 70 man of everything really Doing some sales, being out there on the boat And then just uh, socialising I see you've been racing a lot this year, how's it going? Yeah, really well, I reckon I've probably had my uh, best season so far So it's been good, I've done like seven half Ironmans Two Ironmans and three non-drafting Olympics and an Xterra So it's been a pretty heavy schedule well, And how's Kate's season going? Yep, it's going well uh, also. She just got sick after winning 70.3 Bintan uh, about a month ago, so she couldn't race world champs, but yep, everything's looking good and she's going to be hitting Ultraman world champs in November. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm not doing that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but do you do a lot of the training with you her when, you, when she's doing that stuff?
2: Yeah, we spend many, many long hours together in silence. Basically, when we do our long rides, I'm at the front, she sits on my wheel and we talk when we stop. I don't know if I like the training.
0: <laughs> what well, What are the highlights for you? Just Just being here.
2: Ah, oh, it's It's good every year. You get to I get to catch up with some of my own personal sponsors, and then socialise. I'm a bit of a social animal, so this is right up my alley. But if you're after peace and quiet, probably don't come here this week. <laughs> <laughs> Picks for the week, mate. Picks for the week. What's going to happen in the race?
3: Oh, ah, oh,
4: yeah.
2: I haven't had a good chance to really digest it, but I'm I'm thinking the Uber bikers are going to come through. Yep. That's my uh, that's my feeling. I think they're going to put the hurt on the field in the late stages, and and those Uber bikers are running fast enough now that I think they're going to win it, win the race. So, and uh, Jan Frodeno is also in that Uber biker sort of category. Girls, Daniela Reef is going to be really hard to beat, even though she's had a heavy schedule. I think she's fit enough and strong enough and next level enough to. Take on all the other ladies. And uh, the Goss on Blue 70s. What's the big Goss on Blue 70 right now? Wow. Give me the sales pitch, mate. You are here for sales this week. Chill it out. Do you want it? Okay. We're... well, the first one's to bring out. I'm not sure. Oh, whatever. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna launch. Release it, right it now. Here, here the world launch. <laughs> the world launch. We've got a sleeve swimskin now. Oh, nice. Because uh, all of the rules are that you're allowed to wear material down to your elbow. Yep. So you know, everyone's wearing the speed suits that are faster on the bike. So now we've got a swimskin that caters for that speed suit in the water. Oh, wow. So it goes down to the elbow, and it's really fast. And is that on the market yet? No, it's launching now. So it's not on the market, but right. they'll. They're here in Kona You'll see our professionals wearing them in Kona You heard it here
0: first team Guy's released, he wasn't meant to He's going to be in trouble,
2: he'll be fired But hey, it was worth it Totally worth it Anything for you (laughs) What time are you on the boat till today? Until the coffee runs out So we should get drinking mate, let's knock it out (laughs) First one to 50 cups wins And then touch the bottom of the water, eh? (laughs)
0: Right. we'll see you later on Thanks So I'm on on the boat here out in the middle of the ocean And I've got a couple of boys Where are you boys from? Texas Georgia. And uh, you were just saying you've
4: raised a, a shitload of money uh, for a great cause. Tell us about it. That's a great way to put it. Uh, Robert and I have both been raising money for Leukemia and Lymphoma Society across the country for the honor of being here at the Ironman at the World Championship. And between the two of us, we are rapidly approaching $350,000 in money raised since our selection back in March, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so
0: that's such an, a massive amount of money. So how do you go about raising that kind of money?
4: Well, you stick your hand out and you beg a lot. That's, that's one thing. But, you know, personal stories are a big Part of it, and Robert has probably one that uh, is is something that a lot of people are familiar with, and that is a, a
5: child who suffered with cancer. Yeah, certainly. At, um, at age two, my daughter was diagnosed with leukemia, and our heart, and our lives changed in a flash. And uh, heart you know hearts burn with grief. Um, two and a half years later, she took her last chemo pill, and uh, now she's a happy, healthy first grader. And we're moving on to uh, trying to ensure that the future does not have to go through what my daughter had to go through and Doug and I have, like you said raised a hell of a lot of money to to ensure that doesn't happen
4: because you know the thing is is that it's you know you always wonder where your money goes when you drop it in the bucket you put 5 bucks in 20 bucks in but most of us never pay attention to, okay, where, where's the other end of that money? You know, what does it really look like? And the beauty is, is that being involved in this and, and our trip here to the Ironman World Championship for LLS, Robert and I know the other end of it because it's research that leads to better treatments that sustains lives longer, but ultimately that also in many cases are now leading to cures today. And we see the other end of the dollars that are going in, and he's a guy who has seen it firsthand. Uh, it's pretty cool stuff. And so have you guys
5: been into triathlon for a long time, or is this a new experience for you guys? Or This is uh, this is my third Ironman. Uh, I've done Chattanooga and Florida, um, just a normal age grouper. So to be beyond, beyond these uh, awesome athletes is, is an honor and a privilege for us. And Doug? No, no question about the honor and privilege. I'm uh, about a seven-
4: or eight-year athlete uh, with triathlon, Sprint, Olympic distance, uh, qualify for nationals almost every year, which, you know, doesn't say much because once I get there, I get my butt beat a little bit. But uh, uh, half Ironman uh, about a dozen times. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored to tell you that Kona is the first ever time I'm going full. So so coming
0: here, what's the experience like? Because, you know, this is kind of the mecca for triathlon, isn't it? So what's it been like for you guys?
4: Man, go.
5: Um, uh, you know, words can't really put those, put those describe that this is the holy grail of all triathlons. It's, it's been surreal from getting off the plane to coming here and doing the swim with some of the best athletes in the world. And just to know that we've been a part of something bigger... <laughs> Then even this um, just brings chill bumps, you know, down your spine. Yeah, you know, you walk the you walk the street of Ali'i
4: Drive and up Polani Hill and out on the Queen K, and the one thing you you automatically notice is every person that you pass is skinnier and more fit than you are, <laughs> right? And it never ends. That's the thing. At most races, you know, you get a couple of chubs here and there and whatnot, but this thing it doesn't end. But you know the. <laughs> Here's the other part of the battle, and I'll be real honest with you, is, you know, for me, I'm here, uh, this would be like any ordinary one of us lining up in a NASCAR on a Sunday with the NASCAR racers at Daytona, right? And there's a big part of you that doesn't feel worthy of being here, but, you know, when we when we dig deep into why we're here and the mission, um, it, it gives us a little solace and, okay. You know, maybe I maybe I can't line up among the world's best, but I, I would say humility is probably the biggest word that has come to my mind through this week. Is seeing everybody and realizing that 99.9% of them are here because they are badass. And I am not badass. Well, uh, good, well good luck this weekend boys, because the, the work you guys have done off
0: has been really important and uh, good on you because it's a bloody impressive effort. And have a great weekend.
4: And for what it's worth, Cliff is on course. It's the only thing that's been in my training regimen for six months <laughs> and I appreciate you guys. Good work guys. Have a good day. Thanks buddy. Cheers. Right here team.
1: Bevan's finally arrived to oh, help, help me out tune out up. You know yeah. I've been uh, you know slaving away for days on end. But he's made it, and uh, so we're doing our first interview on Tuesday morning with multiple 70.3 champion, uh, sub-8 hour Ironman athlete, and uh, the Canadian animal, Lionel Sanders, so welcome along yeah. to the show, Lionel.
6: Hey, thanks for having me on.
1: Um, right, now, uh, before we came on, if, if you guys haven't heard the Lionel Sanders story, it is quite an interesting one, so uh, Google him and there's lots of other interviews that he's done where he's sort of told us, uh, told people about his history, but I'm really keen to get the, the sort of one minute version of, of your background and how you've ended up uh, where you are now.
6: It's tough to give your life story in one minute, yeah, yeah. I don't know, this is a tough ask. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I'd say uh, best way to go, um, I was a runner in high school, and uh, quite frankly I hated running for, for most of my life, um, and, uh, and towards the end of high school I got into partying and that sort of stuff, and I, and I went down that road you know pretty hardcore and uh dropped out of university and quit running and uh you know went further and further down that path and until you know i hit what i perceived to be rock bottom on several occasions and um eventually i i you said you, you know enough is enough I, I i it's a matter of life and death now because uh that really was the end result if i kept going down that pathway and uh And so interestingly, um, I went for a run and I remember it was November 5th, 2009 and I don't know why, like it just was something that was familiar to me, something, you know, I was, I had been good at in in high school and in grade school. And, uh, so I did that and, uh, I still felt like crap for, for, you know, I ran every single day for a month. I still felt like crap and, um, interestingly the idea to do an Ironman triathlon popped into my head and I had to google what it was and um you know it seemed like something that was really really challenging and uh and it seemed just just what I need to to improve myself and so I uh, I entered in the race and I basically devoted myself for the next 10 months it was it was Ironman Louisville um and I devoted myself for 10 months to training for it and, and then eventually I went to the race I did it and um, I think that's sort of where the, the seed was planted and where, where the d- desire to, to become a professional was born. And, uh, and it's, it's basically been on that journey ever since then.
0: Mm. Just, just, just to wrap up the one minute, <laughs> uh, just did you stop as soon as you started running? Like, when did you stop the kind of the old lifestyle? Bevan be comes from a
1: similar background.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, uh, arms, it, was,
6: uh, <laughs> it was probably about uh, three or four days before I went for that run. I had a, a, an experience where I was, uh, for some reason, I decided not to party one night. And, uh, and, you know, my friends were out in the living room partying. I was at the house sort of that was the general party house. And, uh, and you know, one minute everyone's telling each other how much they love each other and uh, hugs and kisses and all that stuff. And uh, a few hours later when the drugs ran out, uh, all of a sudden there was nearly a fist fight in my living room. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, who are we going to call? Where are we going to get some more? And, uh, and it was the first time that I ever really – because that stuff happened every all the time. Uh, and it was the first time where I ever really was like – wow that's what i look like like wow that's kind of pathetic like i can't believe that that's the person that i am becoming and uh and so that's that's when i said enough enough of that you know pretty cold turkey and uh but i felt like absolute crap about myself and and just in general and um you know i i I know there's certainly an underpinning i had depleted a lot of my dopamine stores you feel good you know centers um so that was certainly a piece of it but uh you know, I thought I need something, so running is kind of what popped into my head. Going for a run, and I and I uh, actually documented all this stuff. I still have the sheets. I always wow. look back for a little reminder. I think we went for like a four k run uh, around like the grave and stuff that was around my house, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where it all started. Um, how, so, how, just had you do in your first? Oh, race? here we go. How did you, know, you do in the first Ironman? <laughs> how did you? In Louisville, uh, you know, I think if you know Louisville, like it, they changed oh, the, the date of the court, the, the race because it was so extreme. Yeah. Uh, like I remember it was just carnage. There were guys on the side of the road just dropping out because it was so yeah, hot. It was dude. record highs that day, actually. I think it was 113 was the, wow. was the Humidex. And uh, anyways, you know, I'm completely ignorant of basically everything. Literally everything, uh, nutrition, everything, and I'm just going as hard as I can on the bike. You know, taking like one Gatorade in every couple hours and one gel. And, anyways, long story short, I had a pretty good bike, so I think I biked uh, four hours and fifty-eight oh, or fifty-six minutes. Not, not you know, on a pretty crappy bike, and uh, uh, and then I had the worst marathon ever. Uh, <laughs> you know, certainly I think I had more potential anyway, and uh, I think I finished. I want to say, don't quote me, but forty-eighth. Um because but I came out of the water in 750th oh, wow. So that I do remember. So uh my my natural talent in the water was n- not present then either. So
1: It's um so 2016 Has the focus been was the focus always going to be more on Kona or on 70.3 worlds or was it were you trying to do both?
6: No, 100% I was focusing on the 70.3 this year. I've kind of I've kind of decided uh, the beauty of the 70.3 is it forces you to become a better athlete, like a just you know, physiologically a better athlete. The swim is just getting faster and faster and faster, and so it just forces me to, 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 to reach my full potential. And so I've sort of decided, you know what uh, – later on you know a couple years from now i'm going to really focus on the iron man but for now i'm going to try and get my swim faster it's going to give me more time to focus on those sorts of things and i'm just going to get my upper limits as high as i can possibly get them and uh, so that's that's going to be the focus for the next couple of years and but interestingly i think focusing like that is actually going to lead to better Ironmans. Mm. just indirect like i already do fairly high volume training to begin with mm. and you know, in 2014, I did Ironman Florida. They, they ended up canceling the swim. But um, that year, I completely focused on 70.3, and I had a very good bike run in that particular race. I think I was 313 watts on the bike for a 412 bike, mm-hmm. and then uh, I ran 243, and that was with a pretty pretty large blow-up towards the end. Once again, yeah, yeah. still pretty ignorant of nutrition <laughs> and stuff. When are so, you going to learn? <laughs> <laughs> eventually.
1: Um, now, a lot of people will look at the results from 70.3 Worlds this year and go, Lionel Sanders, he was crushing it everywhere around the world and then he only managed to get ninth at the worlds. However, I sort of I know from looking at your race that you actually produced some amazing numbers and numbers that anywhere else in the world would have won you any other race. So maybe talk us through your race and why you weren't necessarily winning when you were producing the numbers that you thought were winning numbers.
6: Yeah. For me, it was a great race from, from an internal standpoint. I had, a uh, like I always compare myself to previous races against, cause the front, the swimmers generally are the same, like the, you know, someone like Josh hamburger, he's going to swim pretty darn consistently every race. And, uh, in 2014, at 70.3 worlds, I think I was four minutes and 45 seconds down, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. This time, I was about 3:20 or so down, which was a, was a really good improvement for me. And relative to the to the front pack, uh, I think I was to the back end of the front pack. I was probably under two minutes down. Uh, so those were all very good numbers from a s- swim standpoint. Um, out onto the bike, I, I I've used the same strategy in all the races, and it worked for you know the first seven of them, uh, which was just hold the highest power you can hold and be somewhat confident that you can run well out off and hold it as dead steady as you can and so that's what i did i ended up by the end of the ride i averaged uh 356 watt average and 364 watt normalized mm-hmm. which was my my best it's my best average power i have done well pretty in much race. in my life yeah. i've done a better normalized but not not average and uh and then on the run i i held 320 per kilometer and i was pretty darn steady like not, not a negative split um but didn't really have much of a blow-up or anything on the run so uh, that was better than any performance I've done all year and uh, unfortunately the one thing I did not account for and I I think one of the lessons I learned was from Sebastian actually um, because what you have to do is you have to look at the conditions the morning of the race and you have to look at the course and it was very calm like the ocean was like it was like you know a pool swim basically Um, and no hills for the first 60 kilometers or so so dead flat and uh in that particular situation when you have 25 guys coming out of the water together very light winds um the draft tail is going to be enormous Mm. and it was in that race and so um i made up some good time in the first 20 kilometers uh and it it didn't and so 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 first guy to bridge the gap of the strong cyclist was Andreas Dries. when he bridged the gap all of a sudden the whole pack accelerates and then once sebastian bridged the gap then the pace accelerates even more because now you got the best guys in the whole sport on the front of the on the front of the the, mm-hmm. the pack. You know, basically, imp, not not necessarily contrived, but you know, implicitly a pace line happening because they're trying to drop to twenty or so guys behind them. And I realized Sebastian already knew that that was going to happen due to it was very easy to tell due to the conditions. So um, he doesn't race with the power meter. He 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 doesn't need to in that particular race. His power meter was you either catch the front of that race as fast as you can or your race is over, end of the story, mm. and so, you know, totally, I understand why that race plan, so I needed to catch that front, basically, at the same time as Sebastian, because I'm not going to be out biking Sebastian, but the moment those guys got to the front of the race, it was over for me, because now you've got, you know, 25 guys, basically, going as fast as Sebastian Keenley, who, without the draft tail, would not be going that fast, in my opinion, mm. um, and so, you know, so you it was a lesson. enough early enough? Say again. You weren't aggressive enough early enough. If I could go back, how would I race that differently? Yeah. I would have pushed probably 440 watts for the first 25 k and, and tried to catch Keenley, <laughs> yeah. mm. and then and then with Keenley, then it's a different story. You know what I mean? But um, so he outbiked me by 40. I held 370 or so watts for the first 25 k. He outbiked me by 40 seconds, and we together. Well, his time, I think he pulled back almost two minutes on the front because he was about two minutes down out of the water. So I'd say to make that 40 seconds up or to rather to bike even with him would have taken me about 400 watts, something like that. Mm. But he was 90 seconds ahead of me out of the water. So uh, to bridge to him, you know, I don't know if it's possible, to be honest with you, with, <laughs> with uh, um, not where I'm at now. And uh, f- For me, I basically have to get better in the water to, in those championship level races like that. Or if we have a 20 meter draft zone, then mm. it's a different story, too.
1: Has mm. it left you at all disillusioned about, um,
6: about championship races, knowing that? You know, it's, it is semi-drafting. Uh, Disillusion, you know, uh, I'd say the, the thing that I guess the bone to pick that I have is let's not call it n- draft, non-drafting then, you know what yeah. I mean? If it's a semi-draft legal race, then it should at least not be called non-drafting so that I can then make more informed, or rather anyone can make more, like even Andrea Streets, his weapon was taken away from him in that race. He, he, he should have done a lot better than he did um, if he was able to get the time he usually would get on the bike on the pack. And, uh, and so, you know, at least if we call it what it is, we can make more informed decisions. And from my own perspective, you know, I probably would not have gone to that race because there was no point, like I I could have went to another race where there was much less of a draft effect happening and done a lot better. And in the meantime, over the next couple of years, continue to hone my swim.
1: Do you think it's a little bit different over here in Kona? I know there's still the pack that goes away and goes hard but you see a lot of explosions on the way back from Harvey, and, and you see guys maybe like Andreas Reilert last year came through really nicely, and you do see guys not necessarily winning it, but running themselves onto the podium.
6: I mean, I, I think it, there's no, uh, there, there's never the exact same experience ever, and I would say in Malulabot was like the worst case scenario mm-hmm. that could happen. It was a very easy course, very light winds, no technicality to the course whatsoever, very large pack, everyone knew they had to swim well, Uh, whereas kona is much different it's a non-wetsuit swim that's going to break things up a bit it's longer swim um much more the terrain is much more difficult actually this bike course actually is quite difficult from a from a climbing standpoint um and then of course you know generally the first 85 kilometers or so are pretty light winds generally sometimes it's not uh so for the first 85k it's going to be very very similar to malulaba but then you get to the bottom of Javi, you got the next 15K all uphill, so much less draft effect happening. Then generally around the corner, and this has been through his, throughout history, it's where the bikers all of a sudden shine, and you usually have the crosswind coming off the right-hand side. You got the media vehicles on the left, so they're not creating any, any uh, imp- you know, impeding that wind whatsoever. Uh, and it becomes a much more individual race, and you've seen, uh, you know, when Sebastian won in 2014, he put something like eight minutes into the into the field, and from Javi and 80k, mm. um, and and Lieto, all those guys who have done great bike splits, you've always seen that. So, um, so no, I don't. I think it's much different here. Yeah, there's an mm. element of it, but it, but it is much different. Mm.
0: So, so you came to Kona last year. What were the expectations? Because you're kind of saying that my goal for this next period of my career is is 70.3. And then Kona is a part of the experience I'm going to have. So you came last year. What was the expectations coming into Kona last year?
6: I mean, I don't have much expectations going into most races, to be honest with you. Like, I really, I really am keeping that attitude that that I'm trying to come and, and push myself to the absolute limit, and whatever it gets me, it gets me. Um, I Admittedly, mean, I probably thought I, I should have finished better. I finished 14th. I, I wanted to at least, you know, make some money or something, yeah. and finish in the top 10. So. Um, but I'd say the biggest thing that I learned in that race was, you know, this is a big race. Like, guys are making this their A race, and they are thinking about everything. They're thinking about every little detail of the race. And here I am, you know, just, oh, it's just another race, and, and I can give up time and stuff. And here I am with a two-liter camel back on and a bunch of round bottles all full of liquids, over 10 pounds of extra weight. And it's just it's just, uh, I didn't give it the respect that it deserved, I think. And, and I think this time around at least I at least realized that, you know, dudes are making this their a race they're all in some guys are going to ride real thin tires because they're trying to get the absolute least rolling resistance and they're willing to take the risk i'm either all in and i do well or i'm out and i'm i'm getting a flat and i'm out of the race and uh and that's really what's what's happening here
0: and so this year you're treating it more
7: like that.
6: I mean, I learned a lot of lessons and, and like it was a pretty easy fix between like I did Ironman Arizona a month later and I got rid of the camelback. I got some nice aero bottles and stuff. You know, I, 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 I had to adapt my my nutrition strategy to not having a camelback on and stuff like that. Um, so those were easy fixes. And then uh, like I went into the velodrome, I did some aero testing. I got a sense of, you know, my position was quite poor and it made sense, too, because I could ride a 90K you know well but by about 100k into the bike i I couldn't hold any power anymore but then i would still run well you know in kona last year i didn't run too too poorly and so it wasn't a nutritional reason why i couldn't hold the power on the bike and i i came to the conclusion with testing and stuff um the position that i was holding was just far too taxing like it was all scrunched up and uh, my body was just saying no enough is enough Mm -hmm. you're too tired like um so that was a that was a big thing so um I guess a piece of it a little bit yeah I'm getting a little more technically minded definitely so um Arizona
1: obviously went pretty well with a I think it was a 758 I know it was under eight hours um now a few people asked do you do all of your training on the Trainer or most of your training on the CompuTrainer and if so and if so why do you do it that way
6: for the last two years or so, I've done probably something like 95% of my riding on the Compu Trainer. Oh. Um, and, and the, the reason I've, I've went on to the computer Trainer is I've been hit. Well, I was hit four times in four years by cars. One, one of which I woke up strapped to the board in the back of the ambulance, front teeth knocked out, didn't remember who I was, gave a, an address that I lived at like two times ago as my address, wow. and uh, and that scared me. And yeah. you know, I, I love it. I love riding my bike and everything, but I don't want to die riding my bike. Well, maybe from push myself to the absolute (laughs) limit but uh not not due to vehicular uh whatever and uh and so that's sort of why i got onto it but when i got onto it i realized wow this is so good like i can control everything i can do five minute vo2 max 10 times five at vo2 max and there's no stop signs i don't have to think about anything like i can put all my energy into pushing big power and uh and so you know i realized wow this is a great training tool and uh you know, I went super, super polarized into all the training, all the time on the Trainer. And I don't necessarily think that's, like, the best way to go about it now. I've definitely started to venture outside a bit more. Uh, near my house, I have a one-mile uh, – it, it was a car test track. And so it's open to bikes and stuff. So I'll do some riding on there. And we also have, like, a 1.2-kilometer criterium loop where I'll do some training as well. And I'm starting to get uh, some rollers uh, with the with the resistance mm-hmm. to try that because I'd say the one downside to the trainer is – Uh, the bike doesn't move and a big piece of good bikers are able to use the bike to create torque and that sort of thing and uh, when you're on the trainer you use your body like i've developed a very odd bike style i'm very uh move my shoulders and my whole body's snaky and everything and um you know i think that's just from riding two two straight years basically on the indoor trainer
0: what else do you feel you miss out on by being on the trainer so much? Is there any other stuff you feel that actually gets lost?
6: Well, I'd say a big piece of the puzzle, and you can you can account for this just by putting the trainer outside. Is the sun, and that was another thing coming in last year. I had done all my training indoors, like pretty much all of it, and that was so shocking to come here. Really? The sun is more intense here than any point of the year where I'm from, but mm. um, that was very shocking. My heart rate was through the roof. Like uh, my heart rate was like at heart uh, at rates that running three ten kilometers back home, I'm running four minute K's here. Like oh, wow. that's like the, the difference. And it was just so mentally, uh, it just took me aback. Like I couldn't even handle it. I, I had my first time walking in a run in years here in my, my uh, couple of weeks that I came before the race. And, um, so that certainly is a limitation. And then of course, handling the bike, like I went to Weissbaden earlier this year in Germany, which is a very, one of the, you know, one of, regarded as one of the more challenging bike courses and uh and it was just amazing i came out with boris stein and bart air and uh they were just putting so much time into me on the downs it was amazing to watch them go around you know 90 degree corners at 60 or 70k an hour don't break time trial nothing and i'm on the brakes in fear for my life and uh those are the major limitations i think i think it's a well-rounded program certainly has some trainer sessions and certainly has some outdoor sessions
1: you sound like you're going, to, going into a lot of detail. Are you, still, are you self-coached or are you still... Um, I am, yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: On the bike and the run I'm self-coached and then uh, Jerry Rodriguez from Tower 26 in uh, Los Angeles uh, sort of advises me uh, on my swim side of things.
1: On the swimming, you know, I know that some pros that have struggled with their swimming have tried to go swimming 10 times a week and have sometimes even gone backwards. You know, how, how big an effort have you made on your swim?
6: I mean, the swim, yeah, it's been a puzzle, and it's it's been fun, actually, because, uh, you know, if everything came easy, then it would be meaningless and pointless. So um, over the years, and I learned this from Jerry, actually, I'd say there's no sort of archetype, there's no, um, there is no, you can find an example of every type of swimming, for the most part. You can find long strokes, short strokes, pulling wide, uh, breaking the wrists, every, everything you can think of. Um, so, so there's not really any, uh, you know, here it is here's the ticket just do this and you'll be a great swimmer Mm. because if there was i probably would have found it by now and unfortunately i haven't found it um but i would say you know two sort of overarching things that i'm definitely seeing improvements and i think will be sort of what what help uh in the end is uh pushing water predominantly backwards and in you mean the overused word i don't necessarily think you need to use that word it's the early vertical forearm but Mm -hmm. generally you're just pushing water predominantly backwards and then for the open water um higher turnover like uh i always was perplexed by i would swim with guys in the pool the same 1500 times and then in the water they put three minutes into me in an Ironman. man mm. but i'm like swimming at 60 strokes a minute and you know massive glide tons of dead spots and the moment you get into the open water especially an ocean swim you have any point where you're not applying rearward pressure on that water that's just a point where that water is decelerating you and you have no momentum and um those two sort of elements getting my stroke rate up uh and 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 then of course continuing to try and hone pushing that water backwards uh, i think have been sort of the big big pieces and will continue to be the big pieces because i still am dropping that elbow and pushing <laughs> water predominantly downwards it's a tough skill to learn
1: we have three uh, of our classic final questions um, wax or shave?
6: <laughs> Shave, okay. and only and only uh, only up to where the kit comes. I, I, it's an odd thing if my if my kit goes too high, uh, you'll see that I, I have like full leg hair. Like beer, but it's, it's purely it's purely a uh, utilitarian.
1: Uh, <laughs> and, and do you use any facial products?
6: <laughs> I've died with just for men a couple of times just out of just out of funny nice. uh, to to get my beard my mustache uh, more showing a little vein in the mustache <laughs> side of side of things. And
0: you actually one, pull off the mustache. Oh,
3: it work. Well, thanks. I've had a year and a half experience with it, uh, <laughs> well, to, to, it. to work into it.
1: And the final we have, we, one we have is if you were to run it, train for a, you know, maybe a six three, months. Th- three months, six months, how fast could you run a fresh marathon?
6: I did a 30K, and I, and I, I did it uh, off of half marathon training. So those final 9K were very challenging. Uh, and I was 130, 135. And some change, 136, 136.50. Oh, so that's 3220. So I'm pretty certain if I trained, I could have held that for for the yeah. 42k, uh, which would translate, I believe, to a 216 marathon. Nice. I think yeah. I could get, I think I could get around there.
1: What's Puerto Rico's record? We looked that up the other day. It was about that, wasn't 2, it? 215, 2 I think it was.
8: Who's? Paul record
6: Oh, okay. World yeah. so, yeah.
1: Awesome. And now, if guys want to follow you, what's the best, uh, best way to follow you? And have you got any plugs for any particular things you're doing or any sponsors or anything like that?
6: I mean, I, I, I keep my blog up pretty, pretty well. Uh, that one's at lsanderstry.com. And then uh, on the Twitter, I'm at uh, lsanderstry. And then just my, my name on, on the Facebook page. Fantastic.
1: Yeah. Good luck. We've, hey, well, thanks. We, we yeah. hope you have a great day out there. We'll yeah, thanks. Be, uh, we're looking for you to, to rock it up there on the bike and make it interesting. And then it should be fun, yeah.
6: Patience is a virtue, though, and yeah. I think uh, those final 12K on the run are truly where the race is uh, won and lost. Yeah, fantastic.
1: Good awesome. awesome. Thanks for your time, Lionel. Thanks. Catherine?
0: Hello, okay, I've got Catherine here from Cliff Bar. Yes. I've got coffee breath now. I'm a bit worried about my coffee breath. <laughs>
9: Yeah, we're so excited to be on the coffee boat, passing out Cliff Hydration, Cliff Bars, and Cliff Organic Energy Food.
0: So, so you guys are actually the official sponsor of Ironman now? We are we?
9: the official nutrition sponsor, correct. How, how
0: long has it been happening for?
9: This is actually, our, I believe, our first full year sponsorship. We sponsored last year, and we sponsored in the past as well, but we're exclusive nutrition partners now. So what
0: does it mean for you, just yourself, this week?
9: So I'm actually based out of Chicago, so our team as well as our whole field marketing team kind of has come out to Kona. And so we're just, you know, showing up where where the participants need us, like the coffee boat this morning. Uh, We're also out there for the spectators kind of during the race day, giving them some fun places to be, as well as just always being there for the athletes. So we'll have some aid stations on course as well. And
0: how many times have you been to Kona?
9: Oh, this is my first time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So
0: what's the experience, you know, for someone who's not necessarily an athlete racing the race coming along and kind of seeing this crazy bunch of people
9: I absolutely love the camaraderie and I think that's so cool is that Cliff comes alongside a lot of events where that's the camaraderie spirit yeah. and so you just fit right in so yeah. it's really neat
0: yeah and so what's your plan for the rest of the week
9: so i'll coffee boat uh for the rest of the week and then i'll actually be on the course as well uh wow. yeah so fast enough fast enough
0: well you'll be buggered by the end of it <laughs> yeah
9: <laughs> yeah it'll be it'll be a really long day but a really fun day
0: and so. anything we want to promote in particular for cliff
9: um we actually have a brand new bar it's called Cliff. Uh, cliff and so it basically takes a cliff Bar and adds extra energy by inserting a layer of nut butter inside. Oh, okay, so nice. yeah, so it actually just hit shelves in June. And just, so it actually just sounds good. It, oh my gosh, it's fantastic. Four different flavors, and it is so good. So we've actually been sampling it at Ironman's across the country, and so it's fun to bring it to Kona as well. So, so
0: the, the basic concept is you're going to get more energy for, you, for your feet. Exactly,
9: feed. yeah. And no other company has done it before, so it's kind of a first of its kind.
0: You guys are innovators.
9: <laughs> we try, we try. We love it. Hey, well,
10: thanks for your
0: time, mate. Yeah, Have a please. good day.
9: You're welcome.
10: Oh, not about me, mate, it was about... Uh... Oh, no, no, but okay, we've got Steve here, where, where are you from, Steve? Uh, Auckland, New Zealand. Auckland, New Zealand, oh, Kiwi! Yeah, kiwi. So, are you racing this weekend? No, nah, I'm not racing this weekend, uh, me and my girlfriend are taking a long trip, we came down from Oklahoma ITU, oh, nice. via Vancouver, yeah. via Honolulu, and now we'll wound up here in Hawaii. So, what's it like coming here, mate? Have you been here before? Haven't been here before, tried many times to qualify, and it's just nuts. Digme Beach is unreal, thousands of people. At night, hundreds of people along Alihi. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've watched so many of the videos, I've studied it so much, and just to be here is unreal. Yeah. The expo puts everything, everything, it's but just, It's to just change. like an energy about the place, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and it's it's just seeing people like Mark and Dave around, you know, even seeing like Joe Lawn just yeah. milling about, um, you know, meeting Rennie, meeting Crowy. Um, and and no doubt many more for the weekends over staying in the Highlander in which is absolutely fantastic location, and it's just nuts. I
0: can't believe it. So what's the plan on race day for you then? You know you're obviously here to kind of hang out and kind of see the race. What's what's the plan for race day? Uh,
10: plan for race day is probably going to be obviously come down watch the swim start. Um, we're here with someone else who's got an athlete here um, who's potentially going to do quite well. So we might go up to Cookesini Highway um, straight after the straight after the swim starts. Yep. Maybe hand out some splits. I don't know. My original plan was to come down, watch the start, try muscle in a spot a hot corner, and then uh, potentially see if I could have got the bikes out on the run and and see how it go. And obviously come back for the midnight finishes here. Why would you? Why would you not do the midnight finishes here? Yeah. yeah. So, but it, it's paradise. The water's so clear. Uh, there's more. It's better fish watching than people watching. Yeah, on the way out to the that. boat. Well, there's plenty of people watching, bloody hell, lean, mean machines here, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, it gives you a bit of a complex after you've been <laughs> eating your way around America for a week.
0: <laughs> hey, um, you, you've said you've tried to come here a few times, now that you've actually been here just
10: to participate, or to spectate, does it give you more motivation to bloody come back and do it? Yeah, it gives me, mo- it gives me more motivation. I, I guess the, after the ITU long distance, which I've just done, I, I was kind of thinking, you know, I'll give Ironman New Zealand this year a break after five years on the trot, um, so I will give it a break this year. Yeah. Um, and I was kind of riding off the Kona Dream Just as, you know, same amount of slots over more races But, uh, you know, Ironman New Zealand you kind of got to get third or to guarantee your slots So, um, you know, I've been off that by a couple of places a couple of times But after being here The magic's been rekindled I don't know when I'll start up start up into long, long distance again Or ultra distance But um, I'll keep going for to 70.3s And if I, can, if I can find a race that I can nail and I'm fit um, I'll try and get here Game on, game on. Yeah, why wouldn't you? It is nice to hear someone like
0: yourself who's been a part of the sport for a while, and it kind of sounds like you're maybe losing that kind of motivation for that next level, and then coming back here kind of rekindles something for you.
10: Yeah, it's magic. You can't, you can't. It's infectious. You can't help but be here and and have it just spark something inside of you. It's um just so many like-minded people, all, all the free swag at the expo. Um, and and just getting amongst um, it's actually really nice to come and do it without racing um, without racing so if I come back I know what it's about because yesterday I arrived in here and spent the whole day on my feet and that's not what you want to be doing if you're racing Um, and and, and miss lunch so the more you can you know the more you can do that um, and prepare yourself I was lucky I had that experience down at Taupo as well I got to come down my first year at Taupo I was there, it was a half iron, it got cut to a half iron man. So I learned learned all the processes and learned everything. Um, but yeah, to come here and actually go, see what it's all about, see the sheer number of people and what not to get caught up in or what you can get caught up in is... Well, or allow yourself to get caught up in it this time without, yeah, the next time, yeah. Yeah, and that's what my coach said. He, he was hoping I'd come back and do it um, and I, I would get the bug again. he said, you know, just go there and experience what it's like and... If, if you you know if you do decide you're going to do it, at least then you have the experience of what it's like. So, what's your picks for the weekend? I honestly have not given that a, a decent thought, but you really can't look past um, Reef, and you wouldn't be able to look past uh, uh, um, Frodo. So, I, I think everything they'll feature somewhere in the top three. You know, I think it'll be a tightly run thing in the girls between Rini and uh, Rinnie and Reef, uh, and the boys to be sure. Um, maybe Sebastian might you know show his heels again, but. It's anyone. It's anyone's. And you know, I, I'd, I'd hate to put. I'd hate to put names on it, especially being here for the first time, with how hot it is, um, how windy it gets. You know, your, your day could turn to custard in five seconds. Yeah. So. But hey, well,
0: we'll enjoy the rest of your trip, and hopefully, we'll see you here on the start line someday. Yeah. Cheers, buddy. Okay,
1: on, mate. We are on. We are on. We haven't even gone to the food counter yet, Bevan. Oh, mate. There is. We came here. <laughs> yeah. um, but we're at the BMC Etix up. New place, uh, team media conference and we've got um, The ocean Wilka. in the background. I know, you can yeah. hear those effects. Former ITU star, um, 2006 world champion, junior champion and European champion in the same year. Uh, under 23s and also a sub 8 hour performance at Copenhagen so it goes pretty decent over iron Since and a 5th place at Germany this year. So, But on debut in Kona it's um, Will Clark, welcome along Will. Hey thanks a lot. What's uh what's the impressions of Kona been so far?
11: Yeah, nice, yeah. I mean it's um yeah, I mean I I, I was prepared for the worst anyway. Um just from the past 6 years just been uh you know following this race for for a while so I was prepared for the heat and, and the humidity and the wind and everything else. So um but yeah, f- um I really like it. Nice island. Um you know lots of uh yeah. It's just—it's amazing how many how many athletes you see training up and down the course, and how fit everyone looks. You know, like I've heard over the years following the races and stuff. Yeah. So um, no big surprises really. Um, just uh, I guess the biggest surprise for me is is, is the course and how kind of um, a little bit monotonous it is, and yeah. how uh, how kind of gruelling it looks.
1: Um, is this Ironman number three this year, and was that the, the original plan?
11: It's number four actually, but four. Um, I pulled out of Ironman Brazil. Um, I pretty much I got twelve k into the run, so. let's let's say three and three and three quarters (laughs) no um yeah so i've done two and three quarter ironmans um, and this is my uh yeah and this is my fourth so
1: was the original plan to try to bank enough points at brazil and uh and then do the other ones or what was your original plan
11: yeah it was a bit challenging because i was starting the year with nothing uh, because i um i bummed out last year um so i was um i needed to get um to get I i needed to hit some championship races um Kind of early on, and try and try and bag it and bag it as easy as possible, and with fewer races as possible. But the first one didn't go very well. Yeah. Uh, the next one was a um, went really well. Kind of. It was uh, It was. Fi- I was fifth in Ironman Frankfurt, so I bagged a heap of points there and had a, had a, had, a, had a really positive run split, especially. Um, course and then record, I,
1: we should say. Yeah,
11: and then it's yeah. a good race to get a course record. <laughs> yeah. So that's good, um, and I, I took some confidence in that into Ironman Copenhagen. Uh, and I got second there. Had had a, a better race than Frankfurt, really, I think. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it, it was better. Yeah.
0: With with, kind of, um, with Germany being a championship race, and it's probably the best championship race we have outside of Kona. How much confidence does that give you coming in here, knowing that you've played with the big boys, and you, you know you can you're you're in that league, if you know what I mean?
11: Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean these championship races are actually better the better for me than the than the smaller races where I'm where I'm where I'm up against the uber bikers and they ride away and there's nothing I can do about it. Okay. I kind of better off um, having a nice big pack to swim with, and then. Just follow on the bike, um, <laughs> you know. Watch people drop off. Um, hopefully, that's that's not that's not me, me included. Um, just try to hang on the hang on as long as possible. But at the same time, making smart decisions, and then I can use my run, which is my weapon. And uh, I think I'm better off doing these races than I am um, than I am the, uh, the the smaller races with smaller fields and more intense bikers. And so it's good for me.
1: So you you sort of bowed out of ITU around 2012. Was it was it was it your plan to take sort of four years to get to Kona or did it just just sort of happen that way um,
11: I just I, I wasn't too sure actually i mean I think I think I would have uh, liked to have ticked over a few years of seventy point three um, get a bit get a bit of experience and get a bit of strength in the legs uh, before moving up to Ironman. so I guess that's exactly what I did. Um, the coaches I had before I worked with Matt Steinmetz um, that was always his plan yeah. um, but the that plan of the team has, has has also been to um, been for me to kind of start gathering experience with 70.3 racing and then and then jump into Ironman when I'm a bit more bit more of a mature athlete and I kind of got a bit more of an idea about what's involved in the sport um so I think it, yeah pretty much on plan yeah
0: 2015 was a challenging year for you what, what, what happened in 2015?
11: I think um the biggest thing was kind of the lifestyle change when I, when I when I had my son ah, okay. um, it kind of I think it was it just took a bit it took a lot out of me trying to t- trying to maintain you know peak physical performance it just took a lot out of my family as well my wife did the uh bless her did the majority of, of the work and even though you know e- even though she fully supported me to do my job and do my training it was still it still it still really took a toll on um on my energy and my motivation and in the end i was kind of um i was kind of uh well my my, my psychologist diagnosed me as burnt out yeah. um so he kind of um so he said, I need to take kind of 10, 12 weeks off, um, end the season, and then um, and then build back and start putting, the, uh, start putting everything in place for, for the next season.
0: You know, when your kid comes along, how much responsibility, you know, because you know, as an athlete, it's a pretty selfish life in many ways, and there's kind of a pressure to perform, but then when you've got the responsibility of the family, does that change the pressure on you?
11: Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> I'm the breadwinner of the family, and um, it's a very unreliable job. I mean, you can... When it rains, it pours. When you're doing well, you have good results. You have you have good prize money coming in, and when you're not doing very well, you have you know you lose sponsors and you don't make any prize money. So it's um so it's pretty it's pretty 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 harsh like that. Um, but I just gotta try and be as professional as possible. And l- luckily, I'm, I'm I'm in a point in my career where, where I have good um I have good support from my team and um and I'm able to and I'm able to get decent results. So I can um yeah so I can kind of get by even even the
1: toughest years. Uh, am I right? You're now working with Luke Van Lyert.
11: Yeah, and, and how's that changed your training? It's really good. I mean, one of the problems we have in the UK is that we really don't we don't have that many experienced Ironman coaches. We're, we're kind of more an ITU nation, so mm. all of the pretty all pretty of good the, of it too. Ah, the yeah. rubbish being the rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> all of the um, all of the federation coaches are obviously all uh, are kind of the best coaches are all um, are all you know from an IT background and an IT way of, way of thinking and. One of the things that I realised with Luke is that Ironman Man's just a completely different sport. I mean, I had to throw out a lot of the ideas that I, that I had of how to be successful in Ironman um, straight away this year, and just kind of accept that it's normal to, to not be running for two days, for example, because you're because mm. you're doing other training or you're focusing on other areas, and yeah. you know, let the three-minute let the free, let the three-minute kilometer go, and all those sort of things that kind of don't really matter anymore when you're training for Ironman. So. As soon as I kind of did that, and I I, I listened to what to what Luke said, and um, I was able to um, yeah I was, I, I was able to make big gains.
0: You, has, you know because fast is kind of enjoyable. Has it lost some of the enjoyable factor, or you actually have enjoyed the shift that you moved towards? I like the training. It's kind of it's a little bit less stressful. And also one one of the
11: big things we changed is we're not we're not going full out full out for the for the whole winter and then straight into summer and you know right till now in October. I mean normally. If i go in and going with that attitude i would i'll be i'd be burnt out after you know kind of mid august early, early september so it has got me to this to this stage now where i'm feeling pretty fresh and pretty fit you know even, even though i did uh i did two and a half Ironmans before so um so I, i'm i'm actually enjoying the training i enjoy the big miles the kind of the kind of i mean i did a i did a track session um the last track session i did was was something like nine one ks where i had to to go something like 3.40, 3.20. Mm. Three sixteen or mm. or something. Which really, to be honest, it's a piece of piss compared to <laughs> yeah, compared right. to an ITU yeah. session where yeah. I'm trying to hit hit ten one ks in three minutes or or, yeah. a, or even faster with a short rest. This is just like a yeah. bit of a joke. So it's kind of yeah. stress free training, really. It's just it just accumulates and accumulates. So
1: tell tell us a little bit about the team in terms of what support you get from the team and maybe how that is different to the sort of support you got when you were say an ITU athlete. To be honest, it's
11: it's kind of similar in that we've got a really good setup. We've kind of trying to leave almost no stone unturned in the, in, in the team as well. I mm. um, it's a lot harder when you haven't got funding from um, from British Triathlon and, and all the resources that English Institute of Sport put in place and the team obviously has to go out and, and find it themselves so uh, but we have, um, we have a really good team director and team manager. Um, mm. Ben, ben Dwarf looks after me a fair bit and and helps me out, helps keep me keep me, keep me pointing in the right direction. He's actually the guy that gave me the guidance to and try Luke and and uh, he really believes in Luke and try and um, yeah see how see how, how it works out for me there oh. but we also work with a doctor and a um, and uh, and we have the physiology um, department in in ba- in baccala which is in Leuven baccala yep. academy right so so we use their stuff um, so we kind of we're pretty well looked after really Yeah. That's especially with equipment as well I mean that's that's the other thing we kind of we're able to turn off from the sponsor hunt and, um, yeah. and tr- trying, to f- trying to source equipment and trying to get my bike you know, before the season starts and, and so on. It's all, it's all taken care of. Um, so that's kind of a weight off your mind and, and a stress that you, do, that you don't have to deal with. So, so it
0: allows you to just put your energy into being a good athlete? Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay.
1: yeah. Um, we have three standard questions we ask, um, at least we ask our male yeah. interviewees, probably yeah, wouldn't go down to wax or shave? Sorry, wax or shave? Uh, shave for sure. I have not had anybody waxing yet. Well, I've, n- I've never yeah, experienced oh, the, the you're waxing. Miss, you're missing out on a lot. Well, it's debatable. Debatable. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty hairy. Um, do you use facial uh, moisturiser or facial products?
11: I, I'm on and off with the, um, with the facial moisturiser. The problem is, um, I don't. When I, when I don't, normally, I don't have any problems with dry skin around my face. But my wife uses it. All the time, and sometimes she gets dry skin. So oh I, don't, I, oh don't, I don't really can't um, figure it out.
0: I don't. Really are you good with sunblock? Maybe that's a bit of question because you know, you know, are you good with sunblock know, when you're out without training? That's right. I got
11: burned. I am actually, yeah. yeah Especially yeah. off spending a lot of time in Australia, they, they really, um, they really scare you hay with the yeah. <laughs> yeah and, um, <laughs> they do, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Most most Brits don't care at all. Like if you ask Dave, he yeah, yeah. he's, he's he's never using some kind of, I don't think.
1: And <laughs> final question: If if you were to train for say six months specifically for a marathon, what do you think you could bang out? Or have you done a fresh marathon? Well oh, um fresh marathon I think i
11: would I think I can run um run if, if you're probably trained. I think I can run two two eighteen. Two two yeah, yeah.
1: that seems to be about, about it. Yeah,
11: yeah. about We once
0: where was
1: it? Um Rasmus Henning. Once said he two hundred seven. No, no, it wasn't that fast. I think mean, he said 2.12 <laughs> two, two, two or something. Oh okay. Yeah well, that's pretty,
11: pretty that's that's very ambitious but hat, but hats off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have I've got a I've got a few ITU friends who have run um, who, who used to run similar to me who have run who have run 218 as well. Um, right. Stefan Justus did that yep. um, at the end of the season, in the season
0: once, and I think that's about that's about about right. I think. Just one last question: If you were satisfied with set your race on said day, what would it mean? Um,
11: I'm really, yeah, I, I really I'm really hanging on the top ten to finish. Um, if I get eleventh, I, I, even though it's pro- probably a good race and. Um, i'm still i'm still hanging on the top 10 i want i want some prize money from this race uh mm. it cost co- cost
8: a fortune to come out here <laughs> yeah.
11: and my, my wife said we've it's definitely a six thousand pound trip yeah uh so i'd like some prize money and it's, the the recognition just dies off after top 10 as well to be honest i mean yeah. yeah so i kind of i, w- I want to tick it off the top 10 i've always said that yeah. um yeah and i think with, with a sensible race smart race you can kind of come off the bike 20 minutes down and then put in a good marathon and then, and there you go, that's
1: my plan. So, Fantastic. Good luck, awesome, have a great race. Yeah. Cheers nice. guys. I'm not sure
0: if we'll be able to hear you Rachel because we've got, we've got music behind us, we've got people in front of us. Rachel McBride next to me, how are you going Rachel?
12: Not too bad, thanks, how are you?
0: I'm great, so you're racing this weekend?
12: No, I'm just here to hang out and spectate and hopefully be racing here next year.
0: So, so what's your key races this year then?
12: Uh, this year, I raced a couple of early season seventy point threes. I just uh, got a bronze medal at ITU Long Distance World Champs, and I'll be finishing my season with uh, Ironman Cozumel
0: And, and how did the ITU Champs go for you? Awesome. Obviously, bronze is great, but yeah, t- tell bronze. us about the day.
12: Uh, it was a uh, it was a crazy day. It was so windy and hot, but you know, it, it's it was a fantastic field. Um, and a really incredible course, and uh, I'm excited. It's, it was a really big confidence boost going really? into Cosmo. Cozumel. So Cosmo is going to be my first full distance iron, my first full distance race. So yeah, yeah.
0: have you been to Kona before?
12: Yeah, I was here last year, um, and yeah, it was so much fun. I couldn't miss out again.
0: And so, what, what do you learn? You know, as a pro athlete coming along just you know helping out at this race but then you also have you know you obviously want to come back and race it yourself so what do you kind of pick up on to know for when you come back as an athlete
12: well I think it's it's fun to be here um as a spectator because I don't have I can do all of the fun stuff and I know that when I will come back as an athlete I won't be able to do all the fun stuff so it kind of gets that out of the way Mm. and also I'm able to be here and just train on the course and really get to know it and I think that's um just just to understand also like how the weather changes like how every day can be different um and get to know a little bit more about the island and, and just how it's going to be on race day and, and
0: work on your tna oh totally yeah <laughs> 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 enjoy the, what, what will we do on race day uh,
12: i will be cheering on so many people i'm really excited i have a bunch of friends racing both pro and amateur um and, uh, yeah, I'm just going to be cheering my ass off.
0: And lastly, what picks for the race?
12: Uh, picks for the race, for the pro race. Oh, man, that's so hard. Yeah. Uh, there's so many incredible women out there. Um, I don't know the men's field very well. I just pay attention to my own competitors, like really. But, you know, like both Heathers, Heather Wirtel and Heather Jackson, are incredible athletes. I mean, there's also, of course, the favorites, Daniela and... Um, and Miranda, it's going to be an incredible battle out there. Everybody's
2: so strong. Yeah, It's a pretty
0: good day, isn't it? Well, thanks for your time and good luck for the Cozumel. Thank you so much.
12: I'll
1: get Okay, guys, um, we're sitting here at it's a Slum Bevan. You know, That's we're just it. sitting here. The, such a hard life. The water's about 20 <laughs> metres away. The sun's going down. And I've worked Bevan nice and hard on the first day. And we've got a, a very special guest from Little Red Racing. Little Red Racing. Yeah. Little Red Racing Hood. I'm, I'm going to give this name. I love your surname, but I don't know if I'll get it right. Cira okay, you say it and I'll have a go as well. Sierra pian Piano. Piano? It was a piano at the end, isn't it? How, uh, give, give us... Give a Pia uh, Piano? <laughs> right. Pian Piano.
13: Pian Piano. Pian piano. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I'll take that so what, what is yeah. it, Italian?
13: It's Italian, yeah oh, well I don't look very Italian but it is
0: Italian Yeah, no the
1: is you're yeah. <laughs> So seventh last year in Kona a winner <laughs> at Western Australia recently won Vine Man and lots of 70.3 success um, but on your website I saw one of your build up songs it was one of my favourite songs David I can't even pronounce his surname either
13: Guetta Titanium Greta. that's a great song Yeah, it is it's an awesome song no, you're,
0: into,
1: you're into your, your modern pop, John? I don't know, that's my race music.
0: It's oh.
13: such a good song because it's like
1: Gets titanium. Fun. Like oh, nice! Can't beat me down. I've got about five songs that I have if I'm doing a twenty-minute time trial on the bike and and that's, so and of them. that's one of them. So, what, I like what, what's your other
13: favorite song? Well, at the moment, I've been really into. Uh, I took a pill on Ibiza, which. It's sort oh, of unfortunate, because yep, yep. I mean, about taking drugs, which <laughs> isn't so High great. But uh, it's got a really good beat to it, and I find on the trainer, it's an awesome song to ride to. So yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: You brought up drugs. I didn't even have that on my list of questions. <laughs> do you guys are you d- taking drugs? <laughs> <laughs> and 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 <laughs> did they do are you being tested much at all?
13: Yeah, I get tested on a pretty regular basis. Um, I mean, I'm part of the WADA testing pool. Mm. And so out of competition, I'm probably tested like five times a year. And mm-hmm. then um, I get in, tested in competition pretty regularly. I haven't been tested yet here in Hawaii, but I will be. I mean, I think that they test every pro.
1: Is that um, USAT testing or is that WTC testing?
8: max?
13: Part of it is uh, USAT, and one time earlier this year, I it was WTC, so yeah. they did, and they did blood and urine when yeah. they did that testing. So I was actually quite happy to hear that because yeah. we pay for that, yeah. um, and you know, I think one of the things that we've asked for uh, of WTC is actually to do more testing on yeah. their behalf, and um, so I was very happy that they came and did that.
0: How much of a hassle was it? How much of a what? hassle, inconvenience?
13: What to do the testing? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it depends. <laughs> um, when they, they just actually just came to my house a couple weeks ago and I just finished a uh, six hour training day, like six hours on the bike and I had done six hours on the bike the day before mm. and I was super dehydrated and they were taking urine and it took me like two and a half hours before oh, really? I was ready to pee. And then I only gave a partial sample so then they had to sit there for longer until I was able to pee to finish the rest of the sample. Because you have to give them 90 milliliters. Wow. And, and when I finally peed again, I literally just got right to the line. So <laughs> they were there for a long time. And sometimes they show up and, you know, you literally pee right away and it's no big deal. So, um, What but, are, I mean, what you are you know, they doing in that time? What? What are what? they
0: doing in that time? Watching TV? You
13: just I mean, it kind of can be whatever. I mean, if you personally if I decide to go into my bedroom or go into another room, they have to follow you around. Mm. Like you can never be out of their sight when they come to do the testing. Um, So yeah, but usually I just chat with them and you know, we have conversations when they came this time. I was still doing at my training camp in Kansas where I did my Kona prep. So they came, they were, came to the house I was staying at in Kansas. So it was a different tester than I normally have when I'm in California. Mm. So yeah, we just chat and you know, get to know one another and, that's about
1: it well <laughs> earlier today we've had a reformed um, drug addict in terms of li- li- <laughs> Lionel Sanders oh yeah and uh, heard his story a lot wasn't of drug th- conversations yeah. today <laughs> <laughs> well no we're mov- moving on, and, on uh, and this leads on to you getting into triathlon which was uh, allegedly over a, a cigarette a beer and a bet so maybe tell us how you actually got into, into tri
13: yeah so see where uh, I went with that you know yeah, drugs yeah. Yeah.
0: she wasn't doing drugs at the time John, no. let's just verified. that <laughs>
13: um i was working in new york city on wall street i was working investment banking working long hours um leading a pretty unhealthy lifestyle in general just not a lot of sleep and smoking cigarettes mm. quite, quite a lot of them and mm-hmm. uh drinking and just you know living the living the life but a hard partying life mm. as it were and one night i was out at a bar with a friend of mine from college um, who lives in singapore now mm and he had put on about 50 pounds after after school. And um, he had signed up for a triathlon and so he was telling us all about it and one thing led to another and we ended up betting who could beat the other mm. in the triathlon. Because he had put on 50 pounds, I was smoking cigarettes. I mean, we were both in really bad shape. We weren't, you know, it was kind of more of a laugh and a joke, you know, more than anything. And so I went and did that race and um, actually like, just completely fell in love with the sport. I mean, it, it was a really wonderful experience, and I was a um, nationally ranked runner when I was younger. Right. and um, so you had Pedigree. Yeah, so it wasn't like I had no experience in sport growing up. It was actually a really athletic kid and always really competitive. So, mm. um, for me, going and doing that race just kind of brought back all the competitive juices, and mm. um, that's kind of how it all started. And,
1: and how long was it?
0: You
13: three, know? three
1: years. Was it a, three years in a pro?
13: Um, well, so I did that that first race in 2009. I kind of don't really count that because I, I feel yeah. like that was sort of yeah. a... Recreational. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, and then I raced 2010 and 2011, and then I turned pro at the end of 2011. I did one pro race, um, Ironman Cozumel at the yeah. end of 2011.
0: And when did you give up the New York lifestyle?
13: So at the end of 2011, wow. when I decided to turn pro, I left my job and, um left my apartment. I owned an apartment in New York City and mm. moved out to California and started training and racing full time. So. Wow,
0: what a contrast. It was crazy, mm.
1: yeah. Did, did your colleagues and stuff think you were a nut job when you, when you packed it all in? I
13: think, um, no, I think that a lot of people were kind of inspired by it, but mm. also questioning whether or not I was really gonna be able to do it or not. I mean, yeah. it's kind of, I was going from two total opposite ends of the spectrum so it was a huge transition and and people were really supportive and actually you know i'm in touch with a lot of my my former colleagues from hsbc which is where i was working and they're all really excited i mean they love following me and they just think it's it's great so
1: how did you have to i mean obviously your lifestyle changed massively in terms of doing sport and Mm -hmm. training full-time but how did you actually have to change maybe your spending patterns and stuff because I oh assume you were probably <laughs> spending a lot, earning a lot, spending yeah. a lot, coming to triathlon, I'm picking you probably weren't going to be earning very much money in that first couple of years. Yeah,
13: so um, once I had sort of decided that I wanted to go down the route of potentially racing as a professional athlete, I started tracking my spending. before. This is before I, I turned pro and started racing full time. So for about a year and a half I, I tracked every expense I had. And just to get some idea of Mm. really what it was that I was going to be facing from a financial standpoint. So I knew that that was coming. Um, I had money saved from working in banking. And I guess I thought that I could probably support myself for about two years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also felt that within a two-year time frame, I should know whether or not I was headed in the right direction to really make a living in the sport or not. Because I, you know, I don't money is not a huge thing for me. Like I don't need to make tons and tons and tons of money, but I also want to make enough where I can live comfortably and, Mm. you know, I'm not destitute and living Mm. on a couch and living paycheck to paycheck. So, you know, I felt like, okay, I've got two years and, um, so yeah, I mean, but things did change. I mean, I, when I first moved out to California, I was living in a, uh, apartment with, three other people and Mm -hmm. I slept on on the floor on a mattress I didn't have a bed and I was living in like this tiny bedroom and um, you know I was budgeting myself to like sixty dollars a week for food and Uh you know I was really strict about trying to manage my expenses because I was you know I I wasn't making really any income in that first year know I had kind of some hopes of how much money I might make from prize money and I had a few contracts that had performance bonuses written in but I wasn't really making any money from from my sponsors Mm -hmm. and um, luckily enough you know the two years went by and things went well and kind of according to how I had hoped and you know eventually you know as you go by year over year and when you're with your sponsors and as you have more success and start to establish yourself then you start making salaries from them and Mm -hmm. things like that so
0: at the time was it a courageous decision or was it an easy decision
13: both yeah um you know I'm a big believer that I think so many of us get really stuck in a kind of, not necessarily a rut but we get stuck in what we're comfortable with so you know you have this job and you don't love it, but it pays the bills and it offers stability and so people don't want to take a risk to do something you know where mm. they might fail or whatever and I just I don't know. I just take on this belief that and this opinion that you should always kind of pursue something that you feel passionate about and if there's a chance of success, you know, why not give it a go. So, yeah, it was definitely a risk. Um, but I really felt comfortable in my decision and I felt like if I failed, <coughs> I could always just go back to working an office job and that was okay with me. But I wanted to give it a shot. Yeah, pretty cool. And so,
1: in terms of Kona last year, a great race. Thanks. It's been an amazing bike, run, swim.
13: Not so great. <laughs> <laughs> John gave his
1: judgment eyes then.
0: What I I, no, no. Yeah.
13: I, sw- I talked to Bob Babbitt and he was like, so tell me about this 110 swim. What was that all about? It's Trying
1: to be like overly complimentary no, about no. that yeah. bike and run. No, 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 no. <laughs> That's <laughs> impressive. Lift them up, punch them down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how has your swimming come along since then?
13: It's been, been really good. I... I um, I'm actually really excited about where it's at. Um, Mm. I'm never going to be a front pack swimmer. I'm probably Mm. never even going to be, maybe I might develop into like a second or third pack swimmer. I mean, I'm always going to be coming up behind, Mm. but um, you know, last year I got out of the water 15 minutes back of the lead. And my goal for this year is to get out of the water 10 minutes back, which is still quite far, but you know, that makes a big difference. If I had gotten out of the water five minutes further up last year, I would have been fourth. Instead mm. of seventh, yeah. so you know, it makes a difference. So, and I feel confident that I'm, I'm there. Um, so.
1: So, what have you done with your swimming because we've talked to other pros and they've gone to the pool ten times a week, and sometimes that hasn't worked. Or have you worked on um, your technique, mm. or is it just just smashing out the
13: miles? Um, so actually, we kind of stumbled upon some changes. Mm. Um, I broke my arm in May, which was a total fluke. I, I um, so I had gone gotten a lower leg injury and pulled out of Iron Man, Texas. And the day I pulled out of Iron Man, Texas, I tripped and fell in mm. my house and broke my I hate those injuries. There, yeah. arm. Just a stupid
0: injury. Hey. You know? It was awful.
13: Um, and and actually luckily where I, I broke my the top of my radius so they couldn't they didn't cast it and it um, was just it wasn't broken all the way through. So um, for about six weeks all I could do was swim with one arm and kick. And in doing that I actually I've always been a really late breather Mm. and um, that's and you know causes my arm to drop and you know my body to turn sideways and all this stuff but doing all this one arm swimming I actually learned how to breathe properly and um, so Matt Dixon my coach you know keeps saying that it was sort of a blessing in disguise almost because it really I mean we had to just kind of bring it back to square one and for six weeks all I could do is swim with one arm you know um, and so that that was kind of what it was and so we really focused on my breathing and then when I came back and started swimming with two arms and even today I was in the water and I swam did a 1200 swim just doing one arm drills so you know we've really kind of stuck with that and and for me I think the key is getting my timing right on my breathing.
1: Mm. So, what, so last year was um, great Yeah, great race, big step up. Um, I couldn't find a result. 2013, 2014, did you come, or did you not qualify or choose not to come?
13: Yeah, so um, 2013, I qualified, Mm -hmm. and I actually declined my spot Mm -hmm. because I I raced in 2012, which was Mm. uh, my first year as a pro, and that was wonderful. I had a great experience, but both Matt and I felt like if I was going to come back and race Kona again, I needed to be in a position to contend for the top 10. Mm and in 2013 we didn't really feel like i was there so um you know it's it's big it's an extensive trip for Mm. us and you know to come and not really have a chance of making money in some ways it doesn't make a ton of sense yeah absolutely um and i'd already had that first experience so i declined my spot in 2013 and then in 2014 i um i broke my femur and so i was out for pretty much the whole season how did you break your femur uh well, I got a stress fracture, and then I tried to run an Ironman on it, and, oh, and really? actually broke it. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, it was awful. I was on crutches for three months. Wow. Yeah.
1: That does not sound like fun. No. <laughs> <that> same, right? <laughs> it oh. wasn't fun. Oh.
13: It was also stupid of me, but, yeah, you know. Did you do a run? Right we're race? all a little crazy. Did, did you do a right I was in third, and then with two miles to go, and um, my body, they call it um, muscular inhibition where your body goes into, like, full protection mode, uh, and my leg literally, like, shut down. It, wow. like, wouldn't... stop. Like, it just, like, stopped. It, like, wouldn't go any anymore. Oh, dear. So,
1: um, yeah. It's listen. <laughs> yeah. If your leg hurts, stop. In terms of your training, do yeah. you do lots of training by yourself, or are you a group trainer? What do you sort of do training?
13: Um, I would say it's an X of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really enjoy training on my own. I, I don't have an issue with it. Um, but I also get a lot of value out of training with other people. Um so yeah, I would just say it's a mix. I mean I I think for key intensity sessions it's always great having somebody there. Even if they're riding behind you, just knowing that somebody's there and mm. you know, keeping the, you know, pedal foot on the gas and, and whatnot, I think that it's great. So with regards to that,
0: you know, when you reflect upon your training time, yeah. what have been those moments where you've made big, in, you know, you've felt those big steps coming along? What have been some of the things that have helped you achieve? You know, the physical change to help you become a better athlete.
13: Well, this year in particular, um, we so I had a, a much less rigorous racing schedule this year, and we really just put a lot of time into training. And one of the big changes I'd always done strength. But this year I w- started working with a strength coach and I saw him three times a week for two hour sessions oh, wow. Wow. and we did like so many single leg squats both sitting down like into a chair and mm-hmm. also doing what do they squats? call them, yeah skater mm-hmm. squats or whatever it is yeah um so we did a, a ton of you know leg work and I have noticed a huge change in terms of my leg strength and a lot of core and stability exercises and things <coughs> like that so um, for me, this year, I attribute, you know, a big part of the gains that I've made to doing those that strength work, um, and then, you know, I just think also I've gotten a lot of value out of doing trainer rides. Um, you know, I ride outside most of the time, but I do two key trainer sessions a week, and I think that you can get so much out of out of that.
0: We're talking to Lionel Sanders today. He's ninety five percent of his riding on a trainer,
13: which is. I mean, I, when I broke my arm, I couldn't ride outside yeah. for um, almost a month. And so I was doing a lot of riding inside. And I think that I actually made some big improvements mm-hmm. um, during that period. I will say, though, that when I did start riding outside again, there's a real, I mean, you totally lose the feel of the road. Mm-hmm. It was just strange riding outside and actually moving forward as opposed to standing still. So I don't know how he does the 95%. Yeah. The I mean, I can see maybe 50-50, but I don't know how he does yeah, that. crazy. <laughs> I think Andy Potts does that, too, actually. Really? Yeah.
1: yeah. Wow. Um, now, f- final questions I've got around Man. I mean, you mentioned Texas was going to be the original plan. Yep. So it was Man sort of, because you were really in a position where you just had to validate. You went out and won the race. Um, was originally the plan was to do something earlier season and then just build into Kona? So you kind of had to do Texas just to, valid- uh, no, to do Ironman to validate?
13: I actually didn't have to do Ironman. I um, had raced Ironman Western Australia oh, in December yeah. and validated there. Yeah. So I didn't need to do an Ironman. Um, and originally Matt Dixon, uh, my coach from Purple Patch, was... Opposed to me racing Man, um, Mm. because he felt it might be a little bit too close to Kona. Mm. But I felt quite strongly that I really wanted to get an Ironman in before I came to Kona. Because I think um, I didn't really want my first Ironman of the season to be Kona. Mm. I I felt like I wanted to kind of test things out, see where I was at. If we wanted to try something new, you, you know, have the ability to go do that. So it's kind of cool because Vineman was just completely pressure-free from that perspective. I have my Kona spot. I didn't have mm. to worry about it. For me, it was just all about going in and, and kind of testing things out and seeing where I was at.
8: Very nice.
0: If, if you were to have an amazing day this weekend that you're really satisfied with, what,
7: what would that be? <laughs>
13: mm-hmm. um, so for me, as I mentioned on the swim, it would be limiting my, you know, my gap to 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So w- wherever that comes out. Um, you know, I think that if I could swim under a 103, I would be, I would be really thrilled. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And then on the, on the bike, it, it is very hard to tell cause you just don't know what's going to happen with the winds. It could be an exceptionally windy day or it could not, but, um, i feel like I'm in a position where riding under five hours and in the kind of low 250s is something that's really doable for me. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, when I say 250s, yeah. I meant four f- uh, 450. 450. <laughs> I was like, can we run the car for no, no, no. you? Yeah. No. She wouldn't well, <laughs> by two hours. Well, so <laughs> I want to I I bike under, you under, know, under around, five. F- Around just under five. I mean, yeah. I, I think I went 502 last year. So, yeah. you know, I, I expect to see some improvements there. I'm biking a much better than i was um this time last year and then the you know big goal for me is under three hours on the run which i think is is really possible vine man is not a easy course at all there's three kind of one to one and a half mile hills that you have to go up and um i had a huge cramp in my calf for like the first two miles and so i ended up walking Uh. a big chunk of it and still ran a 306 so i feel like i'm in a good place to be able to go under three.
1: Did you, what p- place overall were you in? Cause that was a non male pro race. No, it, it was a, p- it was a male oh, pro it was race. Male pro yeah. Race, so
13: I think I was race. like a ele- I think I was 11th or 12th nice. or something like that. I don't, I don't quite remember. And what, uh,
1: if people want to follow you, how, what's the best way to follow you?
13: Um, on Twitter at, mm-hmm. at Sarah Pian Piano or mm-hmm. on Instagram, I think it's at S Piano. Mm hmm.
1: Just, just, we do ask some random questions. And a couple of them, oh, kind of a of Oh, I've got okay. A couple more. Okay. Uh, what, do we, what do we look out for you on race day wearing?
13: Uh, so, I am sponsored by Sockney. So, you'll see yeah. all the Sockney athletes wearing the same thing. So, it's so kind of this re- red and black yeah. kit, Sockney, um, says Cervello on the on the legs. So.
1: Nice. Have you got one of the new Cervellos that came out today? I do. Are you r- racing on that?
13: I am. How long yeah. have you yeah. had it for? I've had it for about two weeks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so, I, w- I wasn't sure which bike i was going to ride on um i've ridden the p5 since 2012 so i've extremely comfortable on that bike it's Mm -hmm. you know it's like part of me at this point Mm -hmm. i pretty much raced it on it my whole career and um i felt like going into the world championships i wanted to make sure that i was riding on a bike that i felt it was going to provide me everything i needed on race day um so i had some anxiety to be honest about mm. originally racing on the P5X and I just spent the last 2 weeks riding on it and um on Sunday I just I kind of went out I had this ride and it just felt exactly the way that I wanted it to feel and hoped that it would feel and I said this is the bike I want to ride so Excellent. I'm really impressed with it it's um I had a big role in actually the development of the bike Oh really? Yeah and oh, got to go do um the ride testing with them in on the prototypes back in, in April, and um, so I have I'd ridden the bike previously, so it wasn't something that was totally new to me. Um, and I'm just very impressed with it, and the fact that I could ride on it for two weeks and really feel comfortable and be willing to ride on it mm-hmm. in the World Championships, mm. you know, versus a bike I've ridden in four or five years is, I think, s- speaks to how awesome that bike is. Mm. So
0: so we, after, uh, we often ask a few random questions at the end, but some okay. of them, we, we've discovered it a couple of, of them aren't really female awesome. appropriate. No, no. Oh, so we don't. <laughs> but, but one of the questions we do ask is, um, if you because you're, you're a national runner, so so mm. what was your distance? Um, five k. Wow. So what, what was your best five k? Uh, seventeen ten. Nice.
13: Yeah. nice. Yeah.
0: And so if you were to, if you were to train and absolutely smack yourself six months, no injury, you could do it really well and do a marathon. Yeah. How fast do you think you could do a marathon?
13: I think I could do, I think I could probably do like a 245, do oh, 244. That, you think so? That, yeah. I've never done a standalone marathon yeah. ever. Wow. So yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And the fastest I've ever run, so the fastest I've run off the bike in a 70.3 is 121. And the f- but I've only run one standalone half marathon and I did a 118. So I just, I'm not really sure, yeah. you know? Cause also I feel like my running's really evolved um, over the last few years. And I'm, I'd am i be interested to go run a half marathon and see, you know, what I would, what mm. I would do. I'm not, I'm not even sure about that. So no, I don't know. I mean, so 245 I is... I think 240. You think 240?
0: Well he did no, 238, not, not so he doesn't want to go under 238. 238
13: but <laughs> <laughs> 240 is, so 240 is like a six, what, 608 pace. That might no. be possible. We live yeah. in Ks. Oh, yeah. sorry. So, so it's, it's about like 340, a isn't it? 340K.
1: Yeah. Mm, uh, yeah. About yeah. F- 350, probably. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Nice.
13: Somewhere between 240 and 245. I think that's a reasonable estimate. I just... I don't know. Yeah. Some people were quite
0: ambitious with their answers. You, you've you actually been quite conservative. <laughs> so well,
13: I, I... I mean, I've thought about it because I... Um, I'm interested after I'm done with my triathlon career and trying to qualify and run in the uh, Olympic trials. Nice. I mean, I don't expect to qualify for the Olympics. But I don't think, to I'm not going yeah. to run am not The trials a are a big thing in America, aren't they? They are a really yeah, big thing. Yeah. So I, it would be just a cool experience for me to go. And I think the cutoff is, mm, might be like 246 or something, yeah, yeah, something like, that, like that, or yeah. 245. So I've actually thought about what I realistically think I could run. And um, I, I do think that that's. And I think with proper training, you know, where I'm specifically training for a marathon. Mm-hmm. Do you have
0: any yeah. opinion on the boys' race?
13: In terms of what? What? what,
0: what you, who do you think is going to take it out? What do you think is going to happen?
13: So, I would love to see Tim O'Donnell win. Yeah. He's my, he's kind of my, my pick, and I think that he's really gunning for it this year. Yeah, I think yeah he made a big
0: step up last year, didn't he? Yeah. yeah.
13: Um, I think it's hard, though. Like, you know, we saw Ben Hoffman get second a few years ago, and... I think when you get to that point, all of a sudden, you really put all your cards on the table trying to take that next step up. And sometimes it can work in your favor, but sometimes there's just, like, massive explosion, Mm. which is what happened to Ben last year. Um, But, yeah, I mean, i love to see an American up there. I think think my bet for the win is probably Keenley. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Why? Well... And I don't know any of these guys. I, yeah. I know Tim O'Donnell, but I don't know Keenly. I don't know Jan um, at all. So this is all just like yeah, me. Yeah. Um, I feel like Jan has had this amazing success. I mean, he has the world record. He won Kona last year. He's won 70.3 worlds. He's an Olympian. And he, and he just had a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, I, f- I wonder, and I don't know, if maybe he sort of achieved it. And now he's not quite as focused on... It as he has been in the past versus I feel like Keenley's, I mean, you can see from 70.3 World, he's hungry, yeah. you know, and he's willing to put himself out there in a yeah. big way. So, um, I personally wouldn't be surprised if he shows up big time on, on race day. Hopefully. It. It'd be great, wouldn't What it? are oh. you guys, what are you guys thinking? It's hard to go
0: past Frodo. But, but, yeah. you know, but, I mean, he's amazing and oh, if he yeah, did yeah, win, no, no, I would not be surprised yeah, no, at all. No, no, no. <laughs> I, we understand what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, but it's, it is pretty hard to go. But I love, Keenley's just such an, interesting character oh you know, totally like, you i know. love
13: hearing him talk like yeah. i can't even mimic it but it's just awesome he you know and, and, and
0: like and so Frodo is a good character as well like he's not dull but um i don't know like i have for the bidding man you have to go for it yeah. but but i'd love to see king Le do it yeah you know
13: um but i have a lot of respect for for you know i mean he's phenomenal and um i i i really like him a well, lot in the so. modern
0: time he's the only guy who's done it all really isn't he Absolutely. You know, in mm-hmm. the modern time, you know, yeah. sure in the eighties, it's a bit mm. different,
8: but
1: yeah. yeah. Anything else you got to promote? Any uh in terms of you mentioned sort of purple patch and stuff like that? And you would mention your website and Twitter and stuff. Anything so else? She's quite sneakily just added it in, she's no, quite, it's quite good. It's it's sneaky good. that's good. skill, good. was not No, you get all your sponsors in, it's good. You're oh, doing yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> anything anything else you want to get out there you got um, coming up?
13: Well, I mean as a kind of as a total aside cliff Bar is one of the um, is the nutrition sponsor for the mm. l- for iron man this year and kind of ec- excitingly they're actually doing something big out in the energy lab this year mm. so i think people, you know, think people i think people will be really pleasantly surprised and they they took some advice and you know were asking us for feedback on things that the athletes you know in terms of what we would want to see and you're talking
1: so in the race.
13: Yeah, in the race, That's they're right. going to be out in the energy lab, and I think they've got something pretty big planned. So I think yeah. people should be looking out Until for the that. So Scoops, really scoops, cool. scoops
1: coming here. I'm going to have to run across the lava to get there, aren't I? I there? think yeah. that you might have to. Because you can't yeah. get in through the gates. Oh, of course, yeah. I think I'll change tops.
13: <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: awesome. We're, we're rambling, so we want to yeah. let you carry on with your recovery from your day. So thank yeah, you very well much for your time. thank you So
13: much for coming over here and enjoying this amazing view with me.
1: Actually, yep. Fantastic. We're get a photo. We'll we're a photo get we put a photo on, photo on the website, guys. Okay,
13: yeah, thanks.
0: Thank Thanks. Okay, guys. We've got we got we got some we got an epic camp uh, member member here. Rob,
14: where are you from, Rob? Uh, from LA. Uh, New York for the past six years, and then just recently moved to LA. So you did epic camp France. Tell us just a little bit how you felt after the camp. Oh, I was spent uh, physically and mentally. John had the uh, the real deal schedule for us for eleven days. Yeah.
0: But did you find that, you know, after your kind of recovery period, you found it was the benefits of that time?
14: Yeah, totally. Uh, I'm a weaker cyclist, so to be able to ride, you know, anywhere from 60 to 100 miles across, uh, you know, 11 straight days, uh, I certainly saw a lot of benefits, uh, especially with, like, handling too. Not the best descender, and I got a lot better just from uh, seeing John and Philinator and other guys like that descend. Well, are uh, you racing? Yeah, yeah, I am. So, so what's the goal this weekend? Uh, to really enjoy the race. Uh, it'll be my first time here. So, uh, you know, I'm going to treat it like it might be my last, make sure I get across the finish line. But I'd also like to do pretty well. Uh, we'll, we'll see how things shake out, though. So what's so what's the experience like turning up this week, you know? Oh, man, it's incredible. Uh, it's the pinnacle of the sport, and everyone is... Incredibly fit, really fun though, and just nice to meet people from all around the world who are all, you know, kind of uh, the best of their game in the sport. You know, this week, you know, when you turn up,
0: look at the energy of where we're at, you know, and is it hard not to kind of, to stay focused on your race?
14: Uh, it can be. I got here kind of early, um, so the first couple of days I was just like in awe and then uh, I've kind of gotten into a routine and a groove. I'm also here with uh, guys who I train with and whatnot, so they help me stay focused. Um, What's your picks for the race? What's that? What's your picks for the, race, for the race? Oh, I mean, it's fun. I've got a lot of people coming in town to watch uh, watch me race. And uh, just talking to them last night, I was like, the pro race is going to be awesome. I mean, on the uh, women's side, it's going to be really cool to see what Mirinda Carfrey can do. Uh, I'd love to see her and uh, Reef du- duke it out. Uh, and then on the men's side, the, the two Germans. It's going to be impressive to see what yeah, each of yeah. them can do, either Sevi or Frodo. Yeah. Uh, other highlights of the week. Uh, the coffee Whatever. boat, man. This is cool. This is uh, the first time I've actually done a swim out to it. Uh, I'm on the uh, Everyman Jack team, oh, and we did. quite uh, a few we, of you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a good group of us. It should be uh, should be cool to see how the guys do. But uh, we were out here this morning with Roca and I saw the coffee boat and I was like, you know what, I've never actually swum out there, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and check it out.
0: <laughs> hey, well good luck this weekend, eh? Hopefully, you have an amazing yeah, race here. Right. Nice to meet you, mate. Yeah, yeah take, take care. Awesome. Your names? Christian, from Sweden. And Martin. And we're from Sweden and? Canada, but born in Australia. Well, Australian and Canadian. Exactly,
15: yeah. And uh, you boys racing this weekend? Yes. And, and yeah. I'm support crew, mate, support nice. crew. Nice. One day. H- how are you feeling about the race? Uh, it's going to be cool. Uh, it's my first time here, so it's I'm going to enjoy it. But uh, It's going to be hard, but that's how it's supposed to be. And have
3: you been here before? This is my second time, yeah. 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 Every time I get inspired, but then every time I'm not fast enough. <laughs> Bugger. Exactly. Exactly. What, what are the highlights when you come here? Jeez, I don't know. It's probably seeing some of the freakiest, fittest people in the world. It's just a... I walk away from here feeling like a real fat dude. Yeah, it is funny, isn't it? Because you
0: just—how can you not feel insecure about how you bloody yeah you look when you're here? Exactly. Yeah.
3: But listen, I don't want to thank you guys for a great show. You've got me through a lot of turbo sessions. Yeah, same here.
15: It's uh, it's been a my favorite podcast for five six years. Oh, thank you. So, so what's the goal for your race? Uh, it's. Uh, yeah, to have a good race. Uh, it's hard to say times and positions, but uh, I, I'm I'm in uh, the best shape of my life. So I hope to nice. be able to put it out there and also enjoy it along the way. Where did you qualify? In Barcelona oh, wow. last uh, wow. a year ago. So So was it nice having the year or, or was it a bit of a pain? Or? Nah, it was perfect yeah. because we could book the trip early, I could bring the family of course. Uh, and uh, prepare. So that was perfect. And how long have you been here? Since Sunday. so cool. Oh. and uh, how do you not how do you control you know like
0: it's kind of it's so much energy right now but also stay focused on the race how do you embrace the experience but also stay focused
15: yeah so I'm, I'm down here for a while every day but then i go away with the family to a beach or do something else just to yeah get away from it as well but both what have been the highlights so far uh, well, I met some of the hot shots on Monday, uh, So Mark and Dave and Paul and Uber Fraser and stuff. That was that was cool. Yeah. They're really approachable, and they yeah. were. And
0: nice. It's a nice thing we've been interviewing some of the pros, and and the, the nice thing about our sport is there's no like arrogant ego. You know, like everyone's very approachable, even even just age groupers. And you know, like it's a real kind of cool
3: sport for that reason, isn't it? Absolutely agree. We're uh, lucky enough to live in the same hometown as uh, Heather and Trevor Wortel. They are the nicest, friendliest people. They yeah. share tips. They coach the local juniors. They're just fabulous. Yeah, and uh, what, what are you going to do race day? <laughs> Get really footsore. We've got a, we got a bunch of friends to watch. Uh, shout out to all the people from Kelowna and from Canada. Friend John.
6: And you guys have a great race.
15: Yeah, awesome. Good luck
6: for the day,
15: man. Thank
16: you. Yeah. Awesome, boys. Yeah, thank you. It was so
1: good to... Okay, we're very um, happy to be here at the the team's BMC Ethics U-Place, I'm not sure which order the sponsors go in um, team meeting, we've got the the manager over here, so I want you to tell us a little bit about the the team concept and how it's sort of been going over the last couple of years, and just introduce yourself to the audience.
17: Yeah, hi, Uh, my name is uh, Bob DeWolf, I'm the general manager of the team. Um, It's actually a very proud moment being here in Hawaii again, and uh, it's now the, the sixth year in a row, we've got four or more professional athletes on the start line here of the World Championship, and uh, I think it's um the kind of the proudness comes with um the fact that it 's kind of a proven um element that our team concept is working mm-hmm. uh, to be able to to be here six times in a row, four more professionals on the start line. It means like uh, we feel we 're doing something right um Enabling the athletes to, to be supported in a very professional way, uh, helping them with, with all elements that can kind of optimize their performance. Mm-hmm. That's always been the belief and the concept behind the team. Mm-hmm. Um, you could almost compare it a little bit to, to a cycling team, mm-hmm. yeah, where they have a mechanic, they have a, a team doctor, an osteopath, a, a physio, you name it. Uh, but in triathlon years ago, that was all looked at us like very unique and special and but we found it like yeah normal if you talk Mm. about professional sport it Mm. should be normal that our athletes have a mechanic here in Hawaii Mm. and 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 that's been the the entire concept years ago how can we um, provide a structure around our athletes in the best and and to support them in the best possible way and 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 that's why we kind of uh, started with the entire team project and uh, that's now since 2008 we have started building on that team philosophy and uh, yeah, like I said, six years in a row now, we, we are delivering with, with a, a substantial number of pro athletes here on the, on the start line, so that is great, yeah.
1: So, um, in terms of the sponsors, I'd imagine your budget compared to the Ethics BMC cycling team is probably a fraction of their budget. I mean, in terms of the return the sponsors are getting, um, you obviously don't have Tour de France style coverage and stuff, so how, how are they sort of measuring their returns on, on whether it's a good investment for them?
17: Yeah, it's a very good question. I mean, um, one one of the key things, first of all, okay, um, a triathlon is a growing sport, but it's a very fast-growing sport at the moment, and, and we see that in different in different areas, also in visibility, in coverage. In, I, I live in the UK, and um, I see it on British Eurosport, on ITV, on Channel Four. So you see, there is a big a big increase in the in the visibility. Uh, but I think for our partners, visibility is always a crucial element, and, and that's why we really try to deliver as much as possible. And also, there, I think the team concept um, offers a lot more than working with a number of individual athletes. Mm. Um, if I give you a very simple example, but uh, let's say on, on Friday, our athletes go and check in at the yeah. bike, at the bike check in, yeah, certainly you've got four, five, six athletes mm. going all at the same time. You know, that that creates a certain uh, amount of, um, yeah, of a different amount of visibility compared to one high-profile athlete who checks in, you know. It's that concept that we we felt worked really well in Mm. terms of getting reach, visibility. Um, But I think also a crucial element that we really try to to offer is, is let's say, look to our partner, this is your team. And you can use it for R&D purposes, for... Mm -hmm. um, kind of appearances uh money can't buy experiences there's so much more we can offer with the team mm-hmm. and that is something i think our our, our key partners are really been uh, been seeing the benefits from over the last few years and we managed to continue growing with companies like bmc like an shimano long-term partnerships who go now into their fourth fifth year and that is great to see
0: when you're looking for athletes what what are you guys looking for
17: um we we look for um every single athlete on our, in our team has to have the potential to win big races um, so with big races we mean uh, key Ironman events key challenge events and I think over the years we've proven that eh? um, I think um, over the last few years we won over 50 uh, Ironman or challenge events uh, we had uh, uh, six top 10 podiums at the at at top 10 finish at the different world championships, six continental championship titles, so that is what we look for in athletes, um, like an ability to go and win big races. Mm-hmm. Ultimately our goal is to go and win Hawaii, so I mm-hmm. think even looking uh, further ahead to the future, uh, I think uh, over the coming years eh, and going into next year and, and beyond, we will ask ourselves a question, is this athlete is that an athlete who potentially can go and win Hawaii? And I think mm. in our uh, future recruitment, that will be a key element. Um, and and continuing to step it up from from what we have been delivering over the last few years, yeah. mm. we wanna uh, in and, and and that is something we we announced last year. That is in the next four years' time, we want to come and win Hawaii. Here. Mm. That's a big. That's a big um, uh, thing to say. Yeah. But we feel now we've we got a structure in place, um, a support system in place that can, that can really help the athletes out. Mm. And uh, we, we have currently fantastic athletes in the team with Liz finishing 30 last year and, and a number of others. But also going forward, we want to find the athletes who, who can really go and deliver on our, on our objective for the coming years. So,
1: Can the athletes have any of their own personal sponsors or is basically you have the team kit and, and, and they sort of, they're on all of the same stuff?
17: Um, look, we in in terms of our uh, entire setup, we we focus on a lot of team partners eh, yeah. who who provide the majority of the equipment for, for the athletes, eh, from bike to, to apparel to helmet, eyewear. Uh, but there is a uh, flexibility for the athletes to work with uh, with non conflicting personal sponsors Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. awesome. And um, how fast can you run a marathon? Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's your what's your sporting background?
17: Um, I was a triathlete, I played football for 20 years, had an injury at age 25 and it was either uh, an operation or six months of active rehab by swimming and biking. And uh, I fell in love with triathlon and never played football anymore and I got hooked by the sport. I did Kona here in 2008 as an amateur and um, yeah, that was my dream as as an amateur athlete and uh, that's how I eventually ended up in, in triathlon as, as, a, as a job done, hey? yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: awesome. Now well, we think what you're doing here is a great job, and um, keep up the good work. And
17: good luck with the Kona win.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Gotta start again.
0: luckily it wasn't five minutes in. Okay team, well oh, we're pretty excited, start, we are then. at the Blue 7010, and as I was just saying in our first take that I didn't push record on, the music
1: is pumping, the atmosphere is good, and we've got Paul McGlynn here.
18: That's right. And
1: he's going to tell us his story of getting to Kona, which has taken a while. It's Good ta- things take time.
18: It's taken a long time. 24 years of uh, triathlons. I thought, well, I'll start at Olympic distance. And I thought, well, this this uh, Ironman distance, they're mad doing that. So after a few years, I did the 70.3s or the halves. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's confirmed that the, the, the full, they're, they're silly. Um, ten years ago I started my first Ironman and uh, I had the goal of getting to Kona, um, it took me 13 Ironmans to get to Kona so, and here I am. So um, I got the, at the beginning of this year at Ironman Australia I, I had uh, 12 Ironmans up my sleeve so I'm so entitled to the legacy, that legacy yeah. slot. And all the pressure was off for Ironman Cairns, and uh, I got fourth in my age group and got a slot, and here I am. So, had, beauty. Had you beauty.
1: And you've been close before?
18: Been very close, quite a few times. Just missed out on a one roll down or a few minutes, and or a, a flat tyre or two at um, Ironman New Zealand a couple of times.
0: Yeah. Uh, so. uh, you know, like t- to me, getting the legacy is well deserved. You know, like it's a, you know someone who's at stuck, stuck at the sport for so long. But to get the qualifying, does it actually mean more to you?
18: Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and I actually got a, a qualifying one. I didn't didn't roll down, so I oh, was fourth great. in my age group. There were four slots, and I got one, so feeling fantastic.
0: And so, why was your kids race such a good race?
18: I think it was the the consistency. I think there was a bit of pressure off me that I'd done the twelve Ironmans, and I thought oh, I'm just out here, and and um, I had a good swim, a good good ride and um, I sort of was was able just to pull it together on the run where I'm not really good at pulling it together on the run I normally die in the second half of the run and uh, my wife was yelling out like anything that uh, hey you're coming second at this stage and I thought well so I thought I'll hang in there and I came fourth
0: and did you know in the race you were in fourth did you know
18: I knew I knew I was i I overtook the guy who was coming fourth, or he overtook me earlier, I, and I knew at the turnaround the last three Ks that I was coming fourth. So I ran like hell, and and I thought I was running uh, sub-three sub, minutes. Sub minutes. I was actually about six minutes <laughs> per K, but uh, it felt like I was flying. But, yeah, got across the line. He actually got a slot as well because the, the guy who... Um, uh, Kevin Ferguson, who's in my 55 to 59 age group, he wins everything. But he didn't take the slot. So the guy who came fifth got the roll oh, down. Great. So it was good. Yeah. Good story.
1: Kevin, I've got to say, have you, been, have you put hair gel on today? It's, Probably. Yeah. Probably. I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think you put in hair gel today. Uh, I,
18: I. don't have any hair gel. <laughs> I don't um, have any hair.
1: What's, what's your. What's your nine to five?
18: Oh, I'm a manager at Osgrid uh, in uh, Newcastle, Australia, which is the uh, an energy company. We keep the lights on.
1: Oh, nice! And what what about the rest of life? What goes on with the rest of your life?
18: Iron man, Iron man, and Iron man. Now I've got got, got got four uh, three kids and four grandkids. Oh wow! And uh, yeah, that that could, by the time you have uh, family, you have your training. job and training. There's not much else other than sleep. Oh, I'm listening to your podcast too. Yeah. <laughs> just,
0: just. Lastly, how's this? How's uh, this week for you? Ah, oh, it is
18: fantastic. Everything that I thought and more. Look, I've been just doing everything. Like Bevan and I went out to the the, the coffees of Hawaii. Uh, boat this morning, uh, just all those experiences. We did the uh, Parade of Nations yesterday, the undy Run is on tomorrow morning. I'm doing everything. Yeah.
1: And what's what's your strategy in the race? Are you going to race it or have fun? No, well, I, I,
18: I, 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 my whole goal is to enjoy the whole lot yeah. and finish with a really big smile on my face. If I can enjoy the whole lot, take it all in, yeah. um, that's, that would be fantastic. Right. Awesome, mate. Well, good luck. Thank well you. Well on getting here. What, yeah, you, uh, what, what are you wearing on race day so we can spot you? Uh, it's it's um, uh, Wayne Medcalf. He's got uh, 17 hour mm-hmm. uh, gear and it's the Australian oh, kit. Yeah, yeah. And what's your predicted time for yourself? I'd like to do 11:15. Yes, we we're
1: gotta we're gonna ask all the age is there. Okay, and see who gets time? closest. 11:15. Yeah, okay. 11:15. Lock it in, great. Lock it in. Well, good luck. Thanks, guys. It Appreciate up, it. Awesome work, mate. Bye, bye. Jolene,
8: Jolene! <laughs> You're early cool. oh, so Jolene,
1: lovely. Jolene, Jolene. I'm going to ju- A whole song for me, mate. You know,
8: I'll show you.
12: Don't take my
1: man. you. You understand the song?
12: Jolene, Jolene. Yeah, okay, it's Jolene. Right, It's enough. Yeah, it's enough. It's
0: enough. It's enough. <laughs> yeah, you understand that song? She's basically stealing her other men. Basically, that's what Jolene does. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great it's, I love that song. It's a classic song. Jolene.
1: Oh, yeah. Jolene How you going? from Australia. Jolene, you've been stealing everyone's men? No, not lately. Okay, good. Not lately. Maybe in the younger years. So I, I sent her out a post on Facebook and said, um, okay, we need some we need some age groupers out there, you know, who are over in Kona, qualified. Sort of middle of the packers, not these psychos at the front of the pack. Um, I'm not sure if Jolene's going to be at the front or not. And I um, get an email back from Jolene and... and um, go training at two o'clock in the morning yeah that, ma- so madness. psycho really does fit the, the, the form
19: well when you've got a long session to do and you've got kids and you've got to be back in the house by six thirty seven o'clock you kind of have to push it back so, a bit so, so often yeah. do you do that oh not often maybe once a month oh uh, no, yeah. not often <laughs> no. No, that's, I, I can, most yeah. of them around three thirty four o'clock starts
1: wow yeah. so tell us your story how, how have you ended up here and um and what's your sort of background and and your, your surname because i've
19: surname's Crank yeah oh Cranket. god <laughs> my first triathlon you haven't changed it to that? no my married name so. oh
0: that's insane yeah. that's the reason you married him wasn't it
19: well I wasn't into triathlon at the time oh, okay. but I must have known yeah. Yeah. yeah my cousin needed a swimmer for a team try 2009 and I was like oh yeah that sounds fun I'll do that So yeah, did the swim and was hooked straight away, loved it, went back and did a couple of years of enticer distances, Um, then did a couple of years of sprint. I like the enticer
0: distances, that's that's good. The Aussies do some good stuff.
19: Yeah, That yeah. now you wouldn't even wake up for, but yeah.
8: Yeah.
19: (laughs) Um, Then I did a couple of years of the sprint distance, then I started, my first Olympic distance was in 2013, then my first half Ironman was 2014, my first full Ironman was 2015, And then this year I qualified for Kona at Cairns and my second Ironman. I did my first Ironman and thought, you know, it was a bucket list thing. I was only going to do one just so I could say I've done it, but enjoyed it. I came 15th in my age group and I thought, okay, if I get serious about this, maybe, you know, I can go to Kona. Because Kona is one of those things that you never get there. You just watch on telly and YouTube and, yeah. And so I got myself a coach, um, Mel Kokshut. She's from Port Macquarie in Australia. Go, Mel. And yeah. Um,
8: <laughs> yeah.
19: And yeah, knuckled down and got serious for twelve months, and here I am. Yeah. So,
0: so when, when you're qualifying kids how much harder does it make it to get here? If you know, I mean, like, logistically, because you know, I was speaking to a guy who qualified in Brazil, and he was saying it was cool because you got all year, you can plan it. You know, there's plenty of time to play in the family. It's cheaper and that. Whereas in kids it's June, isn't it? Yeah. So you know you. Sh- Everything's inflated. I mean, sorry, bugger. Everything's inflated, but you know what I mean? Like, how much harder does it make the logistics of it happen?
19: Yeah, well, we started looking at accommodation way out, and I almost booked something, and we were looking at places, you know, if we can give you three months' notice, will we get a refund, that sort of thing. But I didn't want to jinx myself. I thought, no, we'll just leave it. So I'd researched it all, and we had the place ready. So then, you know, when I qualified, it was like, yeah, press the button, we're ready, we're going. So... Yeah, I kind of had it all organised, but hadn't actually paid for or booked anything. But yeah, everything fills up. So we're like 10 minutes up Polani Road by car, 10 minutes. Oh. so But we've got a house. I've got my family here. There's six of us. So it kind of worked out well anyway.
1: Great. Tell yeah. us, your family step. You've got three or four kids?
19: Um, I've got three kids. One's in Japan at the moment yeah. on a 10-month student exchange.
1: Oh, cool.
0: So
19: I've just got two with me. They're five and seven. Yeah. And they're my... Uh, my step mum and my, step-mum and my dad are here and my husband's here of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah. How has this journey been on, the relationship in terms of looking at, not just relationship with your, with your husband, with your kids in terms of keeping everything in, in check?
19: The kids are pretty okay with it. It's kind of standard. They wake up in the morning and I'm not there. Um, they're kind of used to it. My husband's a bit, all right, you're training too much. I need to see you a bit more. And I'm going to bed at 7.30 at night. And Yeah, so we'll tone it down a bit after this one because this is kind of, yeah, the holy grail and we've gotten here, so... But yeah, so it's been tough, and he's been awesome. Really, really good, supportive, and understanding, and everything. So, yeah. well, it's a big part of it, isn't it? Especially
0: with family. You know, Huge. like it's easier if you're a single person. Well, it's not easy for a single person, but when you've got other responsibilities that are a part of the role of your life, then you know you've got to get up at two in the morning sometimes. You know, and it's that kind of that's yeah. the game, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, what, typically, what sort of a, what's a typical training week for you?
19: Um, oh, anywhere up to probably 17 hours, probably been round about my biggest. Normally 10, 15. Yeah. Um, so I'll swim two, three times a week. I swim with um, the Grimsy boys in Brisbane. Um, but all the rest of my training's on my own. Most of it, the wind trainer under the house because the safety factor and, you know, early, early in the morning. Yeah, No one else wants to ride with you at three and four in the morning. I don't know Let's why. Just keep a group ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've actually had one group ride, I think, while yeah. I've trained for Kona. And that was, we met at 4.30, so I left my place at 4. Yeah. And, yeah, no one came back for a second one. I don't know why. <laughs> but, so, yeah, all my rides have been on my own and um, probably do three or four bike sessions and about the same runs. Yeah. What,
0: what do you put down as your key to getting here?
19: I don't know, just having, I guess, that goal and you wake up probably waking up and getting on the trainer or going for a run before your brain actually wakes up mm. wake up have a drink you're out the door within 15 minutes and there's no oh I don't want to do it today or you just got to do it it's it's in the program that's what you do yeah yes.
0: what about um, what would be success for you this weekend
19: not getting blown off my bike yeah <laughs> and crossing the finish line okay
0: so just get it done yeah. yeah
19: ideally under 12 hours and I don't want to kill myself out there but I'd love to run the whole run like, I've done that in my other two Ironmen, but yeah. here, I don't know how I'll handle that. Yeah. I ran from the energy lab back in here, not yesterday, day before. It was quite overcast, and it was hot. Yeah. And it was overcast, yeah. so if the sun's out, yeah, who knows? This coming
1: from an Aussie from Brisbane. Yeah. 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 <laughs>
19: but mind you, I've been training at like 10 degrees in the morning. Yeah, I suppose, So, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, I know you said you want to go sub twelve, but we need we need specifics. So give, give us a time because we're getting a time. Okay, eleven forty
19: three twenty seven. Wow, that is
1: specific. Oh, I like Point two two. Yes. Uh, yeah. And uh, who's your pick for the girls' race?
19: Can I say Mel? Because she's my favourite. Or Rennie? Yeah. Yeah, they're t- my two favourites. What about boys? Happen, so maybe just they just happen could, to be Aussies. Maybe yeah. they could, yeah, both cross at the same time. Yeah. Um. What, Aussies are, uh,
1: what Aussie guys have you got? Brad Carterfeld.
0: It's not strong on male field, which is interesting, isn't it? For a long time, the Aussie guys were dominating the, the male race, but, you know, Oh well, mm. well, good luck. Thank you. Yeah, have a Thank good you. race out there, and, uh, you know, good luck to all your family and that for supporting you, and uh, rock on.
19: Thank you very much. Awesome, mate. Thanks awesome. for coming. Thank
0: do you, know, do you know Duran Duran? They got yeah. the name. Do you know how they got the name, John? No, I don't know
1: how they got the name. Tell Well, us.
0: apparently, I don't know if this is true. It's urban myth. But Andrew, 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 Duran. Right. If you say Andrew lots and lots, you get Duran Duran. It's a fact, John. It's a fact. <laughs> and we've got Andrew, not from Duran Duran. Who, from, said from,
20: who said I'm not from Duran Duran? Well, maybe he is. <laughs> you didn't ask.
0: Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Simon <laughs> Lebon <laughs> actually is. <laughs> Andrew LeBond. Andrew LeBond. The long lost brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was Andrew LeBond, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Even no you know, Simon, Simon but weren't they, weren't they brothers? Wasn't there a brother in the band? You guys are from he the eighties,
20: murderer. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. So where you from, Andrew? Um, Sunshine Coast, oh, in nice. Australia.
0: I went over there. I went over there in maybe June or July. Yeah, you were there for a conference or something. weren't you? Yeah, were and there. I have to say, it was the one time I thought to myself I could live in Australia. It was a pretty nice spot yeah. at that time of the year, and the yeah. weather was
1: perfect until you got bitten by the snake.
0: Yep, that's right, and and and, and, and spiders.
1: Yeah. And then it, you realise
0: it's full of Australians.
8: No, nah, well. Australians are good. I like the, Stra- <laughs> the Aussies, the Australians.
1: How was the uh, seventy point three world champs? Were you? And were you no, unfortunately,
20: team? I had to wo- uh, work. Ah. Unfortunately, so oh, I didn't about. even get up to. I didn't even get up to look at the expo or anything. Oh wow!
0: So, so you're telling us before we push record that you are a legacy entrant. Yep, so tell us about right. your process.
20: So um, the legacy, the legacy program is about doing once you've done twelve races. Um, you um, then get an opportunity, as long as you haven't raced in Kona before, yeah, you can then um, put an application in. You've got to maintain currency by doing a race the year before and the race of the year of. Yep. Um, so this means I've done, this will be 18. Oh wow. So, so
0: when did you actually start the process? So
20: you've done 12
0: uh, years
20: ago or? Yeah, a couple of years ago and I think I first applied two years ago, I think. Mm-hmm. And then at the time that they basically send an email out saying, Well, really, if you apply next year and maintain your currency, then yeah. oh, you're guaranteed. So they do a, give you a, a guidance slot. of. Yeah. Oh, great. Yep. Yep.
0: Right.
20: So.
1: And how long have you been here and is it what you expected? Oh,
20: it's amazing. Yeah, I got here Thursday last week. Yeah. And, um, and so what's that, five or six days or whatever yeah. it is? And um, yeah, it's everything and more. I've just been trying to figure out how I can get back here again
0: to race. Yeah. And I haven't even done a race yet. <laughs> well, so what does it mean for you? Because I love the Legacy. The Legacy's been such a good introduction to our sport because you are a lover of our sport, you've committed years to our sport and time and resource um, and you get the reward. So so, hey, what does it mean for you?
20: Oh, it means um, like I, don't, I would never say it's going to be the most important thing in my life but certainly um, triathlon's played such a big part of my life yeah. over the past 10 or 15 years yeah. and to be able to get here and and see the amazing athletes that go around and hear about people who've done it 25 or 30 times. Like, to qualify 25 or 30 times is amazing yeah, to race yeah. over here. Um, and all the history attached to it as well.
1: Yeah. And have you checked out the course? And what are you thinking of the course?
20: Yeah, the course, Um. Oh, so we I'm with a tour group, um, mm-hmm. and we drove up to Harvey mm-hmm. and then uh, rode back from the little port that's... Kauai High? Yeah. yeah, that's it, yep. Yep. Yeah. Ro- rode back from there. And, yeah, it was hot and nice <laughs> surface to ride along, a bit yep. windy. Yeah. But yeah, I think everyone that lives in Australia or raced in Australia is used to that, uh, used to that sort of thing. Yeah, um, swims obviously amazing. Yeah, and uh, and the run course ran ran out to the Energy Lab and back. And yeah, that's hot and yeah, <laughs> windy. And, <laughs> but no, it's it's I, I think it's an amazing course.
0: What's the objective for you on the weekend then? To finish. Just just have the day. Yeah,
8: yeah,
20: yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to finish. And yeah, I'd, I'd be. Considering how I got here with the legacy program to to not finish would be yeah, okay. devastating. Yeah, yeah. Um, had a big year with um, with my father passed away three months ago. Oh, wow. Um, had a new baby, so my partner Jan is back in Australia now with our five week old. Oh, hello, hello, Jan and baby. What's the baby's name? Um, Violet. Oh, nice, Violet. Violet. And um, so yeah, so it's been a big year. Or and moved house the day before the baby was born. Oh
1: wow. <laughs> and so you, I mean, it's only what's today? Wednesday. Are you more nervous about this week than you would be, say, any other Ironman? Or about um, the same? Probably about the
20: same, I think. Because mm. I know that, um, barring any disasters, I know I can finish, yeah. which is what my goal is. Yeah.
0: So, um, and it allows you to be a bit conservative too, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah. definitely. Yeah.
1: Definitely. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you out What there time, basically? Pr- we've been pr- asking pr- a time. What's pr- the time? Predicted
0: time. Oh, predicted time? Close oh. to the minute. Not don't, don't pull us between 13 and 18. Yeah. Oh, okay, all right. Um, 14.15. Nice, 14.15, well good luck mate, well <laughs> done on getting here and hopefully you have an amazing race. And, uh, hey, good to well meet well you guys. Yeah, what's some happy right stuff. Here. And we are good to
1: go. Okay, we've got Big Bad Matty Reed. Big here. Bad? Yeah. Don't mess around with Big Bad Matty Reed. Okay. Back in the day, Matty Reed was in France and I was over in there, I remember racing you at the, the, the Besançon Triathlon. Did yeah. you beat him? No, he beat me, it was a, it was a down river swim, I remember this, it was down, you, got, you got on these buses, it was probably about as hot as it is today in Kona. And we got on these buses did. and... Matty looks uh, like he doesn't know what you're talking oh, about. Oh he probably did five million races in France, <laughs> so I didn't do that many. And we swam down a river about 3 k. and it took about 10 minutes. And then it was a hilly bike zone. and it was only two of us sort of racing at the front and the rest were all out the back door. He beat me. But I did find out later that I think the day before there'd been a dead body in the river. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> oh wow.
0: Because the bad Reed had been there, that's I why.
1: <laughs> so um, we were just talking to you before we came on air about your race here in Kona and... Um, Tell us your, your sort of experience coming from short course to sort of halves, and then actually coming over here to Kona, thinking you're gonna gonna go out there and kick some ass.
21: Um, you know what I found it? I found it a little boring, to be honest. Uh, oh whole, really? The whole Ironman thing. I, I I really enjoyed doing the short course, and uh, you know that was my passion. I believe the the shorter stuff and, and going fast and training hard, and and the whole Ironman thing was completely different. You had to slow yourself down, and you know there's so many other factors, uh, nutrition and. And uh, just the endurance uh, factor was was major, and um, you know, even from a young age, when I was, um, I remember 18, 19, making the transition from a, a sprint race to an Olympic distance was hard. Mm. Um, I, I really struggled with uh, you know, the second 5K of the run. So, you know, again, in the later stage of my career, going from the half to the Ironman was uh, was a huge tra- challenge. And I, you know, I only did uh, four races, and I, I I didn't really get any of them uh, right in the end. Um, mm. So, I, f- I feel like having doing triathlon so long, the Ironman thing really it kind of killed me in the end, and I, I lost uh, lost a bit of the love for it. You know, I had my three kids, and I, I didn't enjoy spending you know six seven hours on a bike and mm. and uh, so many, so much time away from them. So, you know, um, the whole Ironman experience wasn't wasn't a, a great thing for me because I, I never finished my race with nailing one Ironman. I didn't really do enough of them to to have that good race. I believe. I did um, Mont Tremblant, and uh, I was going to have the race that I wanted that day and I got a flat tyre because mm-hmm. I was at mile 70 on the bike and I felt amazing mm. and for some reason my tyre went flat and the roads were perfectly smooth, there was mm. no reason for it to go flat and it did and uh, you know, I always regret that, that mm. day.
1: For, for your ITU experience, um, I can't remember if you raced for Australia or not but you definitely raced for New Zealand and you raced for America. What's the sort of difference between the federation set up and how they kind of look after you?
21: Um, Well for me uh, coming to um, America uh, was huge because you know I was a Kiwi but I was also an Aussie Mm. and I was kind of conflicted, I was like you know who do I race for, who will care for me Mm. the most and uh, I kind of felt like you know know, some people wanted me from New Zealand and some people did for Australia but I never felt really like Australia was my home, I felt like New Zealand. Mm. So when I actually started trying to race for Australia, you know, I didn't really feel that welcome. But then when I came to America, I felt like everyone wanted me, you know, oh, really here.
8: Yeah.
21: Um, so and their support was huge. They had a, a great system in place where, you know, they, they paid good money. You know, if you, if you were on the A team, they, they gave good money. They gave you good health insurance. And, you know, I think I was on maybe like 40 grand with them a year, mm. which is mm. uh, great support. Mm. Um, they had a really good system and um, you know we had, we we got good results because of it. Um, mm. So I think my early days I, I didn't really compete for Australia, mm. their team was amazing, you know they had yeah. Welshies and Bevins and McCormacks and Miles Stewart and mm. you know those guys were incredible so you know, I couldn't compete with uh, a lot of those guys. Um, you know in my, in my junior years um, I won a lot of Australian championships and things like that but you know the progression to the professionals you know as, as I said I struggled with the uh, Olympic distance and, and that endurance uh, mm. originally so, so I didn't make too many uh, you know teams and, and be involved in federations or anything like that so mm. you know America was really you know my most involvement in, in a federation and they were amazing USAT.
1: And when you sort of moved away from ITU racing, but still doing Olympic distance, does that sort of, boom, it stops? And, and by that stage, I remember seeing you looked like you had some pretty good sponsorship and
21: stuff. Yeah, you know, that's when I made my most, uh, most of my money was when I, I started doing the non-drafting. Mm. And the sponsors that got involved in that were, were so much uh, you know, more lucrative. And mm. um, the the ITU was was so good for my uh, non-drafting racing, just with the, the speed and you know the quality of field in those world cups was amazing, so you had to keep yourself at a, a really high level and taking that into the non drafting you know made me you know race really well and uh you know I actually did both for for um, many years and um you know I enjoyed doing both and then making the olympic team was was huge for me as well so sticking with the the i t u stuff during the um the drafting racing was um was all part of making my my career you know um successful. What was it
0: like going to the Olympics?
21: Uh, well it was an experience that I kind of wish I could do it again because I I got so wrapped up in you know a medal you know I had it in my in my head making you, know, you got to get a medal gold silver bronze and then you know it, my story is a little different because what I had to do to get to the Olympics was it was just crazy um, you know I won the Olympic trial in in Alabama and then two days later the USAT director called me and he's like sorry to pour water on your fire but your spot didn't really mean anything because America only had two spots in the Olympics and if, if, you, if we had three and you won the race you would have got one of those spots but because America only has two you don't get a spot. Mm. And I'm like, what do you mean? I just won the Olympic trials, I'm going to the Olympics and yeah. he's like, No, 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 sorry. You've got two choices. Oh my god. Yeah, it's horrible. Two choices. One is to go around the world and get three spots for America and then the spot is yours. Or you can go to the next Olympic trials and try to win it again and beat Hunter Kemper and Andy Potts who are, you know, two amazing athletes. And uh, you know, I was like I weighed up my options and I figured getting three spots for America is better anyways than having two. Yep. And uh, it was pretty much up to me to go around the world and you know, South Africa and Spain. And oh really? Yeah. And with
0: the pressure of knowing you have to at least, you know, you've got to get that third spot. Yeah,
21: yeah it's actually a good story because it was like me, it, it came down between USA and Russia. Oh, and,
1: uh, it's like war! Yeah, <laughs> pretty much, yeah.
21: So anyways, after you know going to South Africa and, and getting second in a World Cup and you know um, traveling to Spain where it was one of the coldest races I've ever done. I believe, um, yeah, you know, in that race, Andrew Johns uh, got so cold. Oh, he, he was like, on a, on the a descent on the bike, and he, he was shaking so bad that he shook himself off the bike.
0: Oh, really? <laughs>
21: yeah, that's how cold wow. it was. It was freezing. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I forgot what I'm talking about. Uh, was it right? was
0: You and the Russian, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
21: anyways, it came down to after about you know seven or eight, or six or seven races uh, going overseas, it came mm-hmm. down to the World Championship in Canada, and. Uh, i had to beat the russian and the russian had to beat me the russian would have got the spot if he beat me yeah. or, or i would have got it so anyways we get off the bike and you know I look at my shoulder and the russian guy's right to me oh, nice. anyways get through the whole run and we get to 800 meters to go and we have a group cool is this? <laughs> we have a group of uh like eight guys and the russian guys right on my shoulder uh you know simon whitfield was there too and uh we just you know start sprinting with about 400 meters to go russian guy me and simon and and in the end, I uh, I got fifth place at the World Champs, which is, which is still the, the best finish of a USA male at a World Championship ITU yeah. race. And Simon Whitfield was about an inch behind me, uh, and then the Russian guy was like a meter back.
8: Wow.
0: And uh,
21: yeah, we got the third spot. And was it like
0: the hardest you've ever whipped?
21: Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, and I was, I was super fit, and uh, I was really proud of my performance because I really struggled at World Championship races my whole career. Yeah. That was my best race that I, I probably had at a World Champs. And, you know, to cross that line, having that good race and then knowing that I made the Olympics was like, was yeah. massive for me. I was so happy. But then I had to back it up again like a month later at the Olympics. and it's, it's too tired. I was trying to hold my peak for the whole year trying to do well at these races. And, you know, Jan Fredino probably raced three times that year. Yeah. You know, he's the guy that won the gold yeah. medal, obviously. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was kind of, I felt kind of gypped a little bit by yeah. having to do all that. And uh, on the day, I was just, I was tired. I raced tired, and I ended up 34th place, or 33rd place, or 32nd, one of those places. My, I know, the, the one thing I got out of it was my brother, who raced for New Zealand, Yeah. he got 33rd, so I beat yeah. him by one spot. Oh, <laughs> nice. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Um, it was actually, that was the best thing about it, was I got to race with uh, Shane at, uh, at Beijing, yeah. uh, side by side, him racing for a different country, New Zealand, and, yeah. and me, USA, and... And uh, you know, I finished the race, and I was I was depressed yeah. because I didn't get a medal. Um. And I should have been stoked that I went to the Olympics, and you know, I did my best, and you know, what I had to do to get there was was uh, amazing, and and uh, yeah, it was it was crazy, and you know, I didn't have a lot of support, you know, you know, from my wife, yeah, uh, who was also expecting me to get a medal, yeah. and uh, it was just disappointing, I actually didn't go to watch any other events and support you know any other guys and i i looked back at it and i was like sh- so stupid i should have done that gone and what you were part of yeah yeah I, was, yeah I was there and i should have embraced the olympic uh you know movement and just being there is amazing and i changed my ticket and flew home and raced chicago triathlon like uh, uh, two weeks later or something like that uh, well. so um i regret totally regret doing flying home i should have stayed there and done the closing ceremony and just yeah embraced it
0: so, so you were saying before we pushed record you were talking about when you did Kona and just that bike. Maybe just give us a bit of insight into that.
21: Yeah, well, um, you know, in the, the dyma- dynamic of the pro race is, um, you know, there's so many good guys that do the race. It's like, you know, 30, 30, 40 guys that are really high quality. So everyone's pretty much together when you get out of the swim, apart from, you know, top swimmers like Andy Potts and that. Um, but, you know, when I got out on the bike uh, the year I did it, we had a massive group as well, and my plan was to get to the front and uh, was actually get up the front on Pilani Hill. But I think everyone else's plan was to get to the front <laughs> on Pilani Hill, and it was like a just, up it was, just it was jammed. It was like there was you know 30 guys trying to get to the front, and it was it was impossible. So I, I hit the top of uh, top of the hill, and I was in like 30th place, and I knew I had to make my way to the front. So. Um, I tried to work my way up and, and to do that, like the guys on the front are sitting on, you know, 350 watts probably for the first, I don't know, first first half of the race, I guess. I do yeah. They're sitting on a lot of watts. So for me at the back trying to get to the front, I've got to do over 400 watts to yeah. get to the front. So, um, you know, I moved up a lot and then uh, I remember halfway out to Harvey, somebody gapped, uh, dropped off in the middle of the pack. Yeah. And, uh, you know, being at the back, you can't see if there's a gap. So then, once you realize it, you have to chase back onto the group. And I think one of my efforts was over 10 minutes. And uh, I was pretty sure I was, you know, 350, 400 watts trying to catch back onto the group. I didn't want to get dropped. And uh, it was too much, you know, over the red line in an Ironman is just crazy. Yeah, for two minutes. Yep. And then I I did catch back up. And then uh, we were pretty much at Harvey. And again, I I still wasn't at the front. There's still, you know, 20 people there. And uh, on the way to Harvey, I moved up more and then uh, I was sitting on a Neko Lanos and he was going through a drink station and uh, he dropped off the group and uh, so I'm like, crap, now i got to go past him. And again, I I went past him and I was was off the back by about 50 meters and uh, there was a headwind going up Harvey and, uh, you know, I did my best to get on and I I got like 20 meters from the, the group and I just popped uh, I was halfway through the bike uh, so I just I suffered, long day. suffered all the way back and uh, probably lost 30 minutes I think and uh, I kind of gave up mentally as well because I was just so tired and it was so hot and windy and yeah, yeah it was hell out there and I, I got off the bike all dejected and you know but my my goal wasn't a no matter what it's going to finish and uh tried to run you know somewhat somewhat well and you know being a big guy too it's a real real yeah. disadvantage I think I was you know, I'm 180 pounds, and you know, to do well, I probably need to, you know, starve myself and, you know, look like Chris Froome, I guess, to to do well here. Well, when you
0: look at Mecca when he won it, 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 there was nothing on him. Yeah, you he know, was like, super he skinny, was, yeah, yeah, for was, him. Yeah, yeah. Because
21: he's not a similar unit either. Um so, so What
1: are you doing over here this week?
21: Um, you know, a bit of a holiday for me. Um, you know, times have been tough. Uh, you know, with uh, you know, a divorce and all that sort of stuff in my life. And you know, it's the end of my career now. I, this is my last. Well, this was my last year. I. I kind of gave up uh, midway through this year, and uh, you know, just hung up the shoes, I guess, um, so to speak, because it was just too hard with, you know, everything that I've been doing, and and I'm old now. I'm forty. Join you know. the club. I joined yeah. their club
1: a few months ago. Oh,
21: I'm yeah. young. I'm thirty-nine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those are, guys, you remember these years. <laughs> it's funny, yeah. People are saying, "Geez, I'm getting old." I'm like, "No, I am old. I'm not getting." <laughs> well, old. the
0: problem for for you is that your sport it's, you're old, you know what I mean, like, you know, yeah. actually in years, we're actually kind of mid, but like, as for you, your career's finished, yep. you know, like 40 is the end. Yeah, it is. You know, I always it,
21: planned it, you know, 40 was my cut-off, yeah. and I was sticking to that. Yeah. Um, you know, but, but I'm, I'm stoked with what I've done in my career, and, you know, traveling the world, it's yeah. been amazing,
0: mm-hmm. and. So what do you, so we, we, what, because like, I was actually talking to Corey about this the other day, and we were just talking about how, that kind of identity you know like you know cuz i've been a triathlete and you yeah. know, and and so there's a probably a career building that happens but also a sense of self like where do you start to work on that
21: yeah you know it's really hard it really is you you um you know it's coming eventually and you know i had simon lessing talk to me a few years ago and i kind of you know listened to him and it kind of sunk in a little bit but i didn't really think you know he's he was like you know you need an exit strategy you need to start working on that because once it's at the end you're you're on your own and mm. And uh, yeah, the identity thing is, you know, I'm good with it. I don't, you know, I could, I could, I could go, you know, fly to some country and live by myself, and I, I don't, yeah. I don't care about that sort of stuff. And, um, but you know, coming back here, you know, people bump, I bump into people, and you know, you get to see old friends, and you know, people still come up and get my get the photo with me, and yeah. it's it's kind of cool. And you know, I'll be a I'll be a name in the sport for, for forever, I guess. I yeah. mean, as time goes on, people won't know who I am, but you know, every now and then people still know, still know who I am and you know, I'm proud of that.
1: Yeah.
21: Great. Well, we'll get
1: out there and uh, we'll see you on Pilani, Supporting on race day, maybe. You
21: bet, man, I'll be there. Awesome.
1: awesome. Yep. Thanks for going on, mate. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. Okay, John, we've got James. Wait, what's the accent now?
0: What do you reckon? Because uh, all these all these kind of pommy accents, I'm never that good at clarifying which one it is.
1: Just, just tell us your name and uh, how long you've been doing triathlon and I've just got to
0: concentrate. Okay, here we go.
16: James, three years. Oh, I,
0: I'm, I'm gonna say UK. UK. <laughs> We've got to get more. GBA England. I'm going England. Yeah, it's Eng- England. England. Yeah. England. England. Yes. yes. That's the one. Yeah. Yes. Didn't sell Irish.
16: No. No. The girlfriend's Irish. The fiance. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll get there yeah. right. That's yeah. <laughs> Oh, that, the misses. <laughs> the misses. <laughs> so, how long have you been here for? Uh, a day, two oh, days wow, a day and a half, yeah. Wow,
0: how, long, how much of a trip was it over for you guys?
16: It was, uh, I went the cheap with cheap way, which was the long way, so um, about 30 hours altogether. <laughs> so it was how a long, long stopover, the flight time wasn't too bad. How so. are you feeling now? Alright, I'm uh, back on just about there, yeah. yeah. I've been up since four o'clock this morning. So yeah, that's <laughs> it's the damp of it, isn't it? Yeah.
1: So what's your journey been to get here, James?
16: I did Manchester to London, London to Seattle, Seattle to Kona. Yeah. So. It's a long way. It's a long way.
1: It's like us going to Europe.
0: And so where did you qualify?
16: At Ironman UK. Oh wow, wow. Uh, in July, so I've had a quick turnaround.
0: And it was always the goal to get here?
16: Uh, yeah, sort of, yeah, yeah. Um, I've only been doing it sort of three years and then um, decided I'll have a little push this year and um, see what happens and yeah, managed to get there just <laughs> in the end. So what's your nine to five? I work for a radio station. I'm a breakfast show producer. They're Oh, mate, oh, right. judging yeah. us. Here we go. Oh, cheapest. Did they get the record back on? <laughs> no, look, good setup, good setup. <laughs>
0: and what got you into Triathlon originally?
16: Uh, I went to see a physio with a knee injury, um, Paul Savage. Um good and, Paul Savage. Uh, uh, yeah, he's a uh, physio.coach.co.uk. I went to see him with a, with a knee injury, and he told me he was doing Ironman UK a week later, so I thought I'll go and watch him just down the road saw him finish and was like the day I signed up the day after he was like I'm doing that really yeah really? Um, so I went 11 hours in the first one and then got it
0: so your first race was an Ironman yeah wow yeah.
16: Um, it didn't, didn't listen to John's three year plan it's oh. done three years but yeah it wasn't um, a set out plan <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: And what do you expect to? Oh no, what what have you felt about the course and stuff since you've been here? And the, obviously, the weather's a little bit warmer than the UK.
16: Yeah, a bit warmer, yeah. Um, I went for a nice ride yesterday, uh, just up the Queen K, It was a bit surreal, to be honest, kind of riding all the roads that you hear about. Because yeah. um, um, I live kind of 12 miles from the course at Ironman UK. Okay. So I was able to ride it to uh, death before okay. the race. Yeah. But So it's been crazy coming out here and seeing what you hear and watch on TV. and... Had a nice swim this morning as well, and that's a bit clearer than the water at home. So,
0: <laughs> in regards to the UK, you know, like for us around the world, UK is so good at triathlon right now. Um, what's the culture within triathlon? Is it is it a big community in the UK?
16: Yeah, very much so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm I'm not a member of a club or anything, um, but I still volunteer at club events and yeah. get involved in it sort of that way. But I to train on my own and um, work away solo because I do the the early hours, so oh, okay. I'm always yeah, free like in the afternoon. Yeah. Um, but it's always too late to do a do a session with a club. So
0: yeah, yeah, but just you, you poms are killing. Yeah, th-
16: from, yeah. You know. that, I saw the Parade of Nations yesterday. There was there was well represented. It was nice. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so what's your predicted time?
16: Ah, uh, um, everyone
1: needs a time. Just just a ballpark. Not not a ballpark, an exact time actually.
16: Okay, um, if I can go 11. 11 Ten fifty
8: nine. Ten fifty nine. It was what I did here. It he was mine. Camp. That was mine.
0: Ten fifty nine. Yeah, something
16: like that. I mean, that would be that would be an amazing day for me. Yeah. Um, but anything, I'll I just be happy to make it around today, tomorrow. What, what's Saturday. um?
0: What's something? You know, what's maybe when you turn up here? What are some of the things you've kind of been highlights or that you've picked up on, even in the short time you've been here?
16: Oh, just just the buzz around Alehi Drive in general. Yeah, we're staying about three miles away. Um, so it's, you kind of got that little break in the evening, but oh, it's just been amazing coming yeah. down here, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's a bit it's like a, a, a cartoon, really, it's yeah. like, it's everything you hear about, it's just crazy, it's yeah. absolutely crazy and loving it, just trying to soak in every minute and uh, enjoy the experience. i am only here for like 10 days, so I just want to make the most of it. Live yeah.
0: it, so you've got a bit of time off afterwards as
16: well? I, I, t- t- Tuesday, yeah, so okay. I chill out and then party okay. Sunday,
0: you know, recover, recover Monday. Monday, Friday yeah. and Tuesday, it's 30 hours back. Can't wait, yeah, can't wait. Hey, well, good luck, James. Have a great night. Thanks race. very much, guys. Awesome. Brilliant. Thanks, mate. Okay, we've got we've got a name that you like, John. Yes, I do. John. 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 He, met John. He's doing the uh, the media circuit today. Apparently, he's Mr. Popular. Yeah. So, come coming nice and close to the mic, mate. So, so John, where are you from? Calgary, Alberta, Canada.
1: Oh, from Canada. I know they about Canada. Biked in there a few years ago. We had the camp. We rolled into Calgary. It was lovely.
3: Uh, probably not too toasty there at the moment, starting to cool off? Uh, no, when I got on the flight here they had to de-ice the plane before we took off, wow. so it's a little different than Kona. Coming a little bit. Um, and what's, what's your journey to, to get here in terms of qualifying? I qualified at Ironman Canada Whistler, I was my second Ironman, I did uh, my first oh, really? last year in Coeur d'Alene, did reasonably well, I aged up this year, I figured if I was going to have a shot at Kona, I might as well try it while I'm the young guy in the age group and got it done And at Whist- Ironman Canada, so pretty happy to be here, pretty stoked.
1: What's the um, the future looking
3: like for, for Whistler? Oh, good question. Uh, I, I guess I, you probably hear the same rumours as everyone else here, so yeah. it's... Uh, I hear it's uh, potentially not long for Whistler and off somewhere else after that, so who knows. It's a bit
0: of a pity, isn't it, with what's happened in in Canada, isn't it? You know, like, with the whole Ironman scene, you know, with the races over the last period of time, it's been a bit of a messy experience, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it has been. I think it'd be great if I can get back to Penticton because you got yeah. the history and, and it's such a fantastic city. I never did Ironman Canada when I was in Penticton. I've been to Penticton to do other, other events and yeah. it's, it's it's wonderful. So maybe it's uh, maybe Penticton's back in the cars and that would be awesome, I think. Yeah, it would be awesome, wouldn't it?
1: So what are your expectations for First Kona after not having that many races in
3: the bank in terms of experience? First Kona. Um, I'm here to have fun. Enjoy the experience, yeah. Uh, do yeah. loads of interviews. Yeah, lots of interviews, no. Uh, the, uh, uh It's like, uh, yeah, so I, I've got my tri-suit's got live the dream on, on the side of it. So uh, I think uh, in the energy lab, this is going to be, this is living the dream. It'll be, uh, be a bit of a nightmare, but uh, no, just to have fun. I try not to have any time expectations, I want to do well but I think just have fun, enjoy the day, stay positive and the time will come to me.
0: When you turn up here, you know this is kind of mecca for triathlon, so when you turn up here, what's the experience like for you?
3: Um, this is like over the top compared. I've been to 70.3 Worlds, I've been to ITU Worlds, and just the, this is a, just a whole different level. The really? people, even the, did the Parade of Nations the other day down along the street here, and just even the people lining the street. It was just like so many people and it's so packed. It's just, it's just incredible. It's just, it's just over the top. And just try not to get too swept up in all of that and try to find some, well, corner. it's a
0: fine line, isn't it? Because you're kind of here, you want to get the most of the experience. But also, you've got this thing you're working towards on Day, which you want to be as focused, you know. So it's that fine line of how do I embrace the experience without overloading on it, so I can still stay focused on my race, isn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I guess I'll have to find out after Saturday yeah. night sometime <laughs> whether I struck the right balance. But uh, yeah, trying to yeah walk that fine line and you know take take in the activities, doing the underpants run tomorrow, so that should be uh, should be a lot of fun. And uh, you know, but do find try to you know try to find some time to chill and. Get off the feet, and
1: uh. you got your supporter here. I hope he's doing the uh, wetsuit Aquathon on Thursday. Uh, I,
3: oh, yeah. so I, I have heard of the famous Whitsuit. Yeah, he's heard, he's heard
0: of it, but he's he's he's, he's diverting.
3: Not mad enough.
0: Not mad enough. Hey, what do you think was the key? You know, like because a lot of people who listen to the show have done the sport for a long time, and that kind of co- kind of goal was you know that thing that maybe they never really get to or legacy is the way they get there, you know your second race you managed to qualify, what do you think was the key for you to be successful?
3: Um, well I did a lot of other racing, uh, Yeah, it's, I'm here on my second race but I'm also here in the, for the first time in the 55 to 59 age group yeah. so uh, from that perspective it's, it's, it hasn't been a short journey yeah. so uh, you know I did a lot, Did some 70.3 racing, I did some marathons back in, in the day and I've I stopped doing those, my knees were giving me trouble and I, at that point I said, I'm never doing another marathon and when I got into triathlon I was like, well, okay, I'll, <laughs> Iron Man's not in the cards because that means another marathon, so, uh, you know, I got the 70.3s and I thought, okay, I, I'll give it a go and gave it a go and it was all right and uh, here I am. So.
0: And so, so, how are your knees now? Because you still are running, obviously, maybe not as much as what I would when I was yeah. doing running training, but...
3: Well, I. I when I did the marathon thing, I think I was running too much. Okay. Um, so I dial back the longer runs. Uh, I do longer runs now every couple of weeks. So trying to, you know, manage the volume. being an older athlete, trying to manage the volume, yeah. trying to get the recovery in. And uh, so far, so good. Not going well. Well, you're here. You know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fantastic. And uh, what's your nine to five? And any family or anything like that?
3: Um, I work. Uh, yeah, I work. Uh, Still working uh, in, back in the oil and gas industry back in Canada, which is not doing so great, but mm. still, still got a job, so that's what okay. can well. mm. Uh Wife and three, three daughters. They're back home between work and school and university. They couldn't uh, couldn't manage the time off, but uh, I got some support crew yeah. here from it's party uh, from, week from, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it's all good. It's oh, been great. Okay,
0: so. Congratulations. Uh, good luck this weekend. Thanks, guys, and hopefully an awesome experience. Yeah, Very awesome. Quite. Awesome. Thanks, mate. John's, John's taking photos. He's official photographer right now. But the guy I'm interviewing is another John. But he's got one of the greatest names of all time. Duda. That's it. Uh, John, and it's, you're a doctor as well.
22: I am. So you're Dr. Duda. Just, <laughs> yes. That is sensational.
0: <laughs> I reckon it's... Like some people are blessed with good names. And, and Dr. Duda, That's he has great. it. <laughs>
22: hey
0: mate, we, we'll, we'll get on soon. Um, so John, John was he's been telling me a little bit about you. So you, it's been a, bit, a long journey for you to get here. Tell me about it.
22: Yeah, well... Um Uh, Kona will be my 12th Ironman, started racing in 2005, Uh, it took me a while to figure out how to do it, Uh, as you had on your podcast the other day, Laurie Sherlock nominated me for age group of the week and said a lot, you guys said a lot of nice things about me, but uh, yeah, it's just been a long, long journey, you know, I've just been keeping at it and yeah.
0: So so you're the real example of someone who's just stuck at it and continually grew?
22: Yep, yep, I think for... uh, for a long time I was probably fit enough, but I just didn't put it all together and did, just didn't have the right race. You know, I just didn't race smart and, and yeah. uh, last couple years sort of learned how to do that. Yeah,
0: and you talk about that, because you know a lot of people in our sport, that's their biggest problem, is that on race day they, they work against themselves. Right. So, so what was the key to allow yourself to actually come to the place where you are, where you are now? Well
22: actually, uh, John, who who is my coach, um, uh, basically said the, the race starts at mile 20. So okay. you have to do everything you can to get to mile twenty in one piece, and that's when the race starts. And embrace yeah. mile twenty, um, and that's what I started doing. And you know, and, and when I got to that point, that's when when I knew I was you know I was going to let it all out and and bury myself. And so, so
0: where did you qualify?
22: Uh, I'm in Lake Placid this year.
0: And, and tell us about that race.
22: Um, yeah, you know, the other th- other thing too is I, I sort of race with no expectations. I don't race to come to Kona or, okay. or you know just to have my best day and all. But uh, just felt really good. Uh, you know, the, the swim was, uh, you know, no drama on the swim. Uh, bike, I knew the guy that beat me was going to pass me. I'd raced him before, a guy from Quebec. So I was ready for that moment when he passed me. It wasn't like, oh, shit, you know, you, yeah. I'm going to throw my bike off the cliff and quit. Because, <laughs> uh, so uh, I knew it. And I was sort of ready for it. And when uh, after the bike, I was in fourth place. I found out from uh, friends that were there and uh, sort of just worked my way up. And in the run, I, I felt great through the whole run, Paced it great. I actually had to slow myself down most of the time. And uh, at mile 20, I just, you know, really turned on the jets and, and that was it. So, yeah.
0: Well, look, like, you know, it's, it's interesting. Okay, so I have a great race. But, you know, to finish a race strong is such a great well, was feeling. in the medical tent afterwards. Oh, okay. so. <laughs> <laughs> but, then, but to have something my... there in that last 20 Ks. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. It's, you know, to finish a race Knowing that I've raced wisely and and I can go long and strong in this last bit, right? It's a much different experience as well. Oh, isn't it? absolutely,
22: absolutely. And as John and I talked about it, you know, it doesn't happen very often either.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know?
22: I mean, everything just has to just to, to come into place. So, so is this your first
0: time actually in Kona? It is. It's my first time. And so, in what's Kona. it like being here?
22: Oh, it's awesome. I mean, I'm overwhelmed. I'm, I'm a pretty, you know, I like to fly under the radar, sort of. And this is, you know, this this is amazing. Love it. So, uh, yeah. John was saying, you have got a little bit of an injury, so... Yeah, so all, all of you out there, I, I was actually interviewed uh a television station. Oh, let's do this? Well, well no, it it's all because of you guys. I think they saw the, uh, you know, the monster. And uh, the question was, do you think you can win it? Oh, <laughs> really? That, yeah. <laughs> not this, year. Not this, not sure, this, not this year. year. not this year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I got an Achilles tendonitis. I actually developed it... Um, uh, Lori Sherlock and I did uh, an Attila race, the the race up in Maine that you guys talked yeah, about a couple. Yeah. And I'm not really a trail runner. I use sort of minimalist shoes. And John and I talked about it whether I should do it or not. And I think there were nine or ten islands that we had to swim to and then run across. Yeah. I think it was on mile or island four or five, my Achilles was. Mm, <laughs> no, really? I've had enough because we were running over rocks and, yeah, and yeah. all kind Terrain. of crap and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, and I've always been sort of nursing the Achilles for a while, and it sort of let loose. Then, so I've been. Uh, you know just uh getting therapy and everything and uh you know saturday's all about the experience for me i'm i'm going to do the best i can but um, you know i'll get through the run somehow so so, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a lot
0: about management of self exactly exactly right. i was
22: my brother was at, we were talking about and he had the best phrase because uh, everybody asked me how's your achilles how's your achilles and you kind of get tired of it and so he, he, my brother said well it is it, it is what it is john and i said Yeah, it's called Iron Man, not Pussy Man. (laughs) 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 So that's sort of, uh, you know, you just get through it.
0: How much did it mean for you? Because obviously you're getting to that point where Legacy was an option, you know, a couple more Iron Man, you would have been in the Legacy level. How much does it mean for you to get qualified?
22: Oh, it it did. And to qualify and not to have a roll down either. You know, that was... that was big. I mean, it's just—I mean, I still haven't gotten over that. I mean, as you know, it's—it's just—it's just so hard to get here, yeah, and, and, yeah. and it's getting harder. And, and, yeah, and every—and you know, some of the races are going on to thirty slots, and 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 at Placid, people can't are coming from all over the world, so uh, there's no easy way, and so you just you know just have to trust you know trust your training and and. Trust, and your and trust your coach. good I trust your coach. Yeah. Yeah. P- yeah. P-
1: predicted time. Everybody's got to put on predicted a predicted time. time. And I know it's tricky when oh, you it's don't it know what's going but Let's say oh, the my run goodness. goes well.
22: Oh, boy. If the run goes... Oh, I hate to do this because I always drinks myself. Um, if the run goes well, I would say 11.15, 11. 11.30. 11. Oh, if let's it let's doesn't... Get,
1: let's get an exact time there, 11.27.
22: Eleven twenty seven. Is okay. that okay. what? Is yeah. that? Yeah. Job, yeah okay. that's what is John's just like I'll, yeah. I'll share the prize. Here's the 1127. Yeah. If, if it goes the well, if uh, yeah. But really, I'm just I, I am I'm in it for the medal this year. I hate you know I'm not it's not a cop out. I just I just want to enjoy it. And yeah, but uh, I
0: kind of think you know your first time unless you're someone like John who is a bit more top end, I think your first kind of, you know should kind mm. of be there. You know, like it's that just have the experience. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. And, and enjoy the experience because it'd be disappointing if you went away from the race after the first race. And actually felt bad about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, now yeah, if sure. you come back again in the future, then it's a different story. But you yeah. know, you know, just you know, enjoy the enjoy the moment. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. He's even got the Iron Talk. I
0: was going to say, is our Super Bowl? I
22: do, I do. This is was this old school, as this last. This, year. It is we old school know, they're, they're,
1: they're now, they're but middle school. We've got middle school four, four editions.
22: I, I think I have all of them actually, yeah. except for yours. So oh I have uh-huh. the Iron. Can I say Iron Man Talk? Yeah, 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 yeah. Iron Man yeah. Talk. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, um. Lastly, who supports you? you, you
22: uh, I have to throw some love out to Trisports.com out of uh, out of Arizona I'm uh, on their elite team this year and uh, they've been great to me and there's a few of us uh, on the team uh, racing actually we had a, a bike ride this morning and uh, a couple of us so yeah and of course my family and friends my, my wife Donna my, my kids Sarah and, uh, and Kevin and and Everybody back home. Too many to mention. Just it's What is it is it a... It's, it's one of the biggest online stores uh, in the U.S. for sure. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Yeah. So they, um, I mean, they um, they may be the biggest. I'm not sure. I, sh- yeah. I shouldn't say that, but uh, but yeah. No, it's official.
1: They're the biggest.
0: So there
22: we go. <laughs> <laughs> try sports.com. <And> that's right.
1: <laughs> right, John. Go out there and kick some ass.
22: Yeah, good luck. Have guys.
0: a great race. Great, great meeting you.
22: Thanks for having me. Come on.
0: We, I got to go. Okay, we've got Lee Cartmel here from. He's from Wellington, but he doesn't sound like he's from Wellington. Oh no, no, originally from Blackpool by birth. Blackpool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blackpool. That's a Blackpool. That's no, a good place. Black-
7: nice seaside resort. Is it, is, I, I would oh, know nothing. No, is it? no, no. It's, Far from it. Yeah, yeah, oh, well, yeah, yeah, I've, yeah been is, I've been to Blackpool. <laughs> <laughs> I went and played bingo in Blackpool. That's what? it. That's what it's famous for. Bingo and the Pleasure Beach. We did. We went and played bingo. It was hilarious. It, is it really famous for bingo? Is it like that yeah, thing? Yeah, Well, that and the uh, blue rinse and the old sixty-year-olds playing the old bingo yeah. and.
1: How'd you go? I can't remember, it was good fun
7: though. And he's the only person silly enough as well as us to be wearing a
1: uh, black t-shirt. Uh, oh, God, i are well, sweating Trubaker. like,
0: uh oh. so, yeah. so, Lee's had
7: a pretty interesting story about getting to Kona, so share that with us, mate. Well, started off last, uh, oh God blimey, Saturday now. Arriving Wellington Airport, get all checked in. No worries, supposed to be a flight New Zealand over that night from Auckland. Yeah. Uh, get an email, uh, the flight's cancelled. Until, well, it's cancelled. Until it's (laughs) cancelled. And so we're stuck. Wellington. Uh, Bags packed. Nothing. So anything pretty unhelpful. Uh, But thanks to a great wife and great... She's very persuasive when she gets uh, going as my wife. She finally got us onto the uh, Hawaiian Airlines flight at just gone midnight from Auckland. Oh, really? Which is pretty good. So we only lost a few hours in oh, the end. Right, pretty it's stressful, but getting... oh, pff, stressful. So, oh, what, what was meant to be the backup plan? You just wait till the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow! But it, with that bump on, it would end up really two days. Yeah. So we got on that flight. No worries. We obviously missed our connection in Honolulu to get to Kona. A couple of extra dollars later, we finally got out of uh, Honolulu uh, mid-afternoon on the Saturday. Uh, got here. Looked at the bike bag. And you can tell instantly. It's been opened by the TSA for a start. Yeah. There are holes in the bike bag, and it's covered in black stuff. Oh, really? Open the bike bag. On the face of it, looks pretty all right. Assemble the bike, get on riding it, and it's just not quite right. Take it to the bike shop, and there's, I have missed it, but there's cracks everywhere. Oh, really? Uh, the derailleur's bent to buggery, which I'm surprised. Well, I noticed that, but I thought, well, it, it shifts sort of all right. Uh, the chain rings absolutely knackered and yeah it's cracked and the bike shop's opinion was I wouldn't ride it. Yeah. So, 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 so have,
0: you, have you got a bike now?
7: Yeah thankfully uh, Quintano Roo uh, have come to the party and helped us out a uh, good old bit of a Kiwi connection there got on the uh, to via Facebook with Callum Millwood yep. he said go and see the guys down at Quintano Roo and they've done us a solid and got us a bike for oh, Saturday. Good on, good, good on you, mate. That's good pretty on, awesome. yeah. Go, Roo, yeah. Big yeah. plug for them. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it's been a pretty stressful few days. I mean, we only picked up that bike yesterday, so yeah. And no, uh, are, you, are you able to relax now? Uh, relax? Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> so this is your first time here. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Uh, first and only. I'm the legacy spot winner from New Zealand, so. Oh, oh nice. really? Yeah. Wow. So I've been plugging at this for a few years now, so always the bride's made never the bride as it were so <laughs> yeah you really are sweating up a storm oh You're no mate job. Jesus <laughs> so so <laughs> I'm in the sunny yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah we can't be critical yeah.
0: hey um so what does it mean to be here
7: Ah, uh, it's it's fantastic I mean you know plugged at this for 12 years and it's always like the holy grail and finally I, you know I've done I've done 14 Men now so over that space of time and it's just been it's just great. I mean, the family is here too. Mum, dad, wife, two kids. They've, you know, supported me through all this and for them it's it's more of a celebration for them really, you know, you know, my giving back holiday for them, you know. Yeah. And a trip for them. But yeah. It's it's been a hard slog, but a good slog and, and it's great to be here. I mean, it's, it's
8: Yeah.
1: What's your predicted time for Saturday? We were asking all age groupers their predicted time. And, w- and we don't want kind of between. You want the truth <laughs> <laughs> and we want minutes. We want clarity. I'll, I'll come up with a prize for whoever's closest.
7: My goal is to finish quicker than my first IMM which was 11.06. Right. So kind of about sub-team would be the goal really. I mean sub-11 would be the Yeah, 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 But Let's put a specific on it. An exact time. We want, we want minutes. Eleven oh six. Okay, okay. There we go. Well, I finished my first one in just over eleven oh eleven oh six, and second. So eleven oh six. And how long ago was it? That? that was uh, tw- 11 years ago now. Wow. Because wow. nice. when I was racing John back in those days, yeah, oh, I was young and fit. And oh, those are the days. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was young and fit in those days too. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's your what's your nine five? I'm an anaesthetic technician at uh, mm-hmm. hospital in Wellington. Mm-hmm. So it be, yeah. If you
0: want to get knocked out, you know who to go see.
7: Absolutely. No, so. Absolutely. Because Michael Jackson, you know Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Michael Jackson, the drugs that they give to get you knocked out, that's what he used every night to go to sleep. That's what we use every single day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of my colleagues who I work with, as soon as he's going, putting you off to sleep, he'll go and say, This is a good old Jackson juice. So, just <laughs> as the patient's going off to sleep, all they're going to think is, Shit. Uh, Michael Jackson juice oh what happened to him and yeah. yeah yeah like yeah, seriously Prince well it's Michael Jackson and Prince juice nowadays oh. we use a good old Prince juice <laughs> yeah.
1: oh, now go there and kick some ass. and again good plugs for uh, Quantana Roo for coming to yeah party.
7: that really is pretty fantastic oh, I, without them might be mm. yeah well I mean, especially you you very expensive think. shall we say well
0: mm. and this is the one moment in your life you know you've worked so hard to be in this place so yeah. yeah. if that happened could have been really disastrous so Quantana Roo you rock yeah. Yeah. well good luck Lee Have Thank you awesome race, and uh, Thanks, guys. enjoy the rest of your week cheers
8: awesome
1: Jonbo, we are back. Great stuff. What's the highlights for you so far? Highlights for me so far. I like getting, I, I really like for me coming over here and hearing from the sort of Second tier pros, although I'm going to say a lot of the pros we've been interviewing and not second tier, a lot of them are the ones that are knocking on the door, they're sort yeah. of 5 through 15, yep. um, so I'm really hoping that one of them sort of breaks through, so we know what we'll hear from Frodo and people like that, and we might get him on this afternoon, we'll see, we're going to the Bahrain Endurance um, sort of luncheon uh, but I really like hearing from these guys that are up and comers some of them come from an ITU background others like Sarah Pampiano today come from yeah. no real background um, money like, background yeah likewise with Lionel <laughs> Sanders you know he was a good runner when he was a kid but then had a different story so it's really cool just hearing all the different stories and um, yeah so I've enjoyed the day and then it's great hearing from age groupers I like hearing from working age groupers who've got families and, and have, have figured out a way to get here
0: i got to say. Um, How about you, Bevan? Highlight for me, on a personal level, I went for a run last night. Mm. And I did that kind of run where you kind of perfectly timed the sunset. Mm. And I was running along Leahy Drive. And, I, you know, pretty decent, just a 10K run. But watching that sunset is pretty special. And, and also, where we interviewed Sarah yesterday, mm. they were, well, you heard it on today's show, is pretty special. So just the locations are pretty cool.
1: i got to say, I bumped into Mary Beth Alice this morning when I was out on the Queen oh, K. Oh, here we go. And she rode up to me. I was like, I thought I wasn't going that slow. Well, turns out you are, John. Had, had, a quick, had a quick chat to her. And you're going to hear some news from, from her in terms of where her career is going. We uh, will sort of being released today. But uh, hopefully she has a big day. But my God, man, she was pumping it on the bike. I was kept riding along and wasn't going I was probably sort of going roughly Ironman effort, and uh, she just rolled up next to me, had a quick chat, and I said, look, I really don't want to interrupt your training session, you just push on, so she put, put the air plug back in and pushed on, I thought, I'll just sit 50 metres behind her and um, that'll get me back to town a bit quicker, and I, I sat there for about 20 minutes thinking, I'm going sort of 275 to about 310 watts here, depending if it was flat or hilly, and uh, she did not look like she was working very hard at all, really? and um, we were going at a decent pace, and do, then do you uh, after about twenty minutes, I thought I've had enough of this, and uh, she just rode off into the suns, not the sunset, into the distance.
0: Do you know, it's really interesting this year. The pro race isn't, doesn't seem to be talked about as much, and I think mm. it's maybe because we've got two dominant characters in the sport right now. Mm. But you know, traditionally you come here and everyone's going, "Oh, you know what's going to happen in the race," whereas this year, when you kind of ask that question of people, it's very much well, Frodo and Reef, yeah. you know, and there's a little bit of hope that like someone else could do something. and, and, and You've obviously got like Keenley, and Rinne, mm-hmm. um, who are the two kind of people who ultimately seem the obvious choices to push them. But it just is not that kind of energy. Like it's the, One of the cool things with John and I is, you, you know, today we sat down with the age groupers and you, you, you get the excitement of the person who's been here the first time. Mm. And it's, it's quite an attractive thing and it's quite appealing to see. But normally when we're here, there is a big talk about the actual race. Mm. And it seems to be missing this year. And I maybe wonder if that's just because... That's two champions are just so good
1: I wonder what's going to happen. I wonder if they get a really calm day perfect conditions and they go nuts whether we can see in that sub 8 hour I reckon Frodo has got the okay conditions. do a Google search what's the weather do, do a Google search for Kona Google search for Kona okay let's do this because so, um, so, we are cause we, we know when Crowey w- came here because he did 8.03 wasn't it something like that yeah it's, it's it's certainly doable you've got to have the right conditions and
0: and, and that was a perfect triathlete day wasn't it yeah because he swam like a legend bite like a legend yep. ran like, yep. like you you couldn't have done much of a better performance okay so
1: what are we looking at <laughs> Remember, it's it's the same every day it's, uh, 30 33 degrees for the next click on the five, de- five days click and on every day is supposed to rain supposed to be 32 degrees at around about 1 about one o'clock, just when you're coming off the bike, perfect. Nice. And but then, the wind's not looking too crazy at this stage? No, wind 16 kilometres per hour, but that's in Kona. If we go uh, weather in, say, uh, Harvey... Because I'd love a hard year. We haven't had a hard year it. in years. So wind, weather in Harvey, 28 degrees centigrade, um, which is 83 Fahrenheit, and the wind is only predicted at 21 kilometres per hour. So... so- Breezy, but not uh, certainly not windy. So you, you either hope for a crazy day or a fast day,
8: mm.
0: you, know? Mm. you know. Obviously, it'll probably come somewhere in the middle of it based on what we're seeing here. But, mm. yeah, good time. So we're, we're having a great time over here, guys, as always. Um, sponsors? Endurance
1: Sport Travel. Oh, they rock. They do rock. Siri, Joe from Philadelphia. Yeah. She loved it. If Joe from Philadelphia says it's good, it must it's got to good. be good. Right. And our regular sponsors, is Athleanx.com. So you're networking for endurance athletes. Extreme endurance. You're
0: Tech Buffer And guys The patrons And again we've given them Lots of love Because they need lots of love Because they've been Bloody brilliant These shows are only happening Because these people Have given their hard earned cash For us to be here um, it's, It means a lot to John and I also Absolutely yeah, man, It's pretty cool That you guys would do that And it's one of the cool things About us walking around And seeing lots of You know We we're even at the supermarket Last night And mm. mm. that guy at the supermarket? Kai Kai mm. At the supermarket He doesn't do, do I, Man. He mm. doesn't do Triathlon He just loves our show And so we've, we're, a bit, we're a bit like Michael Jackson right now Bigger you know, than Michael Jackson. Uh, bigger than Michael Jackson. So, but just everyone seems to appreciate the show, which is really cool. And obviously, the patrons are that next level. So, if you are a patron,
1: thank you very much. And if you're not and you want to support us in the future, go to I am If you come in, you know, it's five bucks a month as a sort of basic level. If you want to come in at ten bucks a month, you get one of our fancy blue, uh, fancy black. Nope. Oh, oh, Bevan. Oh, oh, I've got to take oh, it, John. Yeah. You keep talking. Okay. It comes in uh, ten bucks a month. You get one of our fancy uh, I am talk caps and if you come in at 20 bucks a month you get a swim cap as well as an icebreaker beanie. so check it out on imtalk.me uh, also guys we have got our new gear coming out uh, we've got orders f- from our store we've got our blue range and our pink range and one thing that is actually going to be happening is 10% of every sale for our next little batch is going to go to uh, the breast cancer foundation because uh, they're doing a bit of an appeal and we kind of thought that with the, the pink range added to the store then we're going to do that. So we've got all the biking and running gear you need, uh, all the race gear you need, tri-suits, etc. So check that out on imtalk.me and we've got a link through. And then finally, a little plug for my camps, epiccamp.com. We're going to be doing a camp back out here in Kona in May. It's uh, around about an eight or nine day camp and we basically include the 70.3. You'll ride the Ironman course, you'll run from the energy lab, you'll get to cover the entire Ironman course throughout the week as well as having an awesome, awesome race. The so 70.3 is fantastic, and uh, just a good way to kick off your season if you're in North America and uh, see what Kona's all about. So check that out, epiccamp.com.
0: Okay, John, we had to pause here. Facebook called me. The Facebook, fa- I lo- Facebook's a really funny thing because for advertising, they are gold. <laughs> yeah. like, the, the, I'm kind of getting to the point where I don't even bother with Google AdWords. You know, the, the, your return on investment for Facebook is gold. If you know what you're doing, you do have to spend some time doing some research. But customer service, mm. oh my God, it's unbelievable, John. And it's almost the problem with these new companies. They're, they provide such a great product, but to get in contact with someone's impossible. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my
1: little whinge. Uh, John Bo. Um, What's p- a plan, um, plan for tomorrow? So we're today's Wednesday, tomorrow's Thursday. We have the wetsuit aquathon first up in the morning. Although some people are doing the underpants run. Now I reckon we're going to have some challenges with our wetsuit aquathon. It could be a wetsuit aquathon Fight. with a little bit of scrambling and stuff because It'd we punch. normally normally do it on Wednesday. And I I was taken aback when we did our interviews last week with the 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 finish line director. Yeah, and she said they set up as soon as the underpants run finishes and that's exactly when we're starting the wetsuit aquathons. so i think we might be okay fingers crossed yeah we'll be starting pretty promptly i'm going to do a handicap start this year so i'll be saying this is what i i I think i could probably if i go and bang out a 400 meter swim really hard at the moment i'm probably about five five minute shape Uh, So i'm probably about 150 shape you'd be a little quicker than that if you Uh, banged out maybe 145 you might blow up at the 200 meter mark yeah i'm gonna get a big time man (laughs) and uh and then i'm gonna say right well this is what I, i could probably run for a mile I think, I think I could go much under five. I was going to say about five minutes for a mile, which I think sort of about three, about, th- about 305 to 3.10 per K. I reckon if yeah. I went one, all out for a mile, I could probably bang about that out. So I'm going to say my time is going to be, if I was to do bang out swim, bang out run separately, not together, I'd do 10 minutes, and then I'll let people work out their, uh, their handicap based off that. People always cheat the handicap system, don't yeah. they? I know. Don't cheat, team. You're only cheating yourself. Exactly. So it's going to be a big day tomorrow. Um, we've got to, got to do... That, uh, you guys will be hearing tomorrow from uh, some of the guys from Bahrain Endurance. We've got Tim Don. Um, we're going to have uh, catching up with Carrie Scott DeFillippis and Carrie Lester hopefully later on today. And then Friday, we'll probably be putting on a bit more of the uh, bit of the media conference, we'll be doing that. Yeah. So it's all on. More edge groupers
0: and more group of the stuff that's got coming through. So exactly. we'll, And we'll do some, maybe tomorrow we'll also get along to, or maybe it's Friday, the Expo tent. Yes, we've got to go do that. To the expo, that's always a bit of fun. Um, and some more age groupers and stuff like that. So it's us yeah. all go. I'm Russ. I'm Inu. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.